sit back and relax while you listen to Train Kickers Podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Dan and Steve, we're taking you all around the world of miniature wargaming. Um, Steve's like dog watching or something. I'm not sure what he's doing right now. Uh, or maybe he had a wedding this weekend as well, I know, because there was supposed to be a conquest event, and then he realized he got his dates backwards and he couldn't do that. So he's doing something. But Dan and I are here on a Thursday night. You're hopefully hearing this on Friday where we decide we're going to get a recording out and what we thought now the, the impetus for what we're going to talk about today was all that happened with the darkest dungeon kickstarter i don't know if this is going to talk about it you'll see it in the show notes whether we got to or not if not i'm going to record a separate thing probably tomorrow about that to get released some point over the weekend or at least try to get it released over the weekend I have a reasonably busy weekend but discussing that we wanted to kind of talk about mostly miniatures-based Kickstarters, but also just other Kickstarters we have backed for better or worse. We want to kind of talk about what the landscape looks like for miniatures that attempt, or miniature lines that attempt to Kickstart. Not so much just board games that have a lot of miniatures, which if you do some searches, that's what you find a lot of, but actually attempted launch of pure miniature lines. And we'll talk about the good, the bad of all of that, and some other things around that as well. Just briefly doing the announcements up front here instead of at the end. Uh, the first MCP battle report came out as of this recording yesterday. The next one should hopefully be out maybe end of the week, like Sunday or very early the next week, because I can sit down and get all that done. Um, any other particular announcements? There's a few other things that I'm going to be recording over the next few days and hopefully get them released starting next week, but we'll see exact timeline of that. Some things are easy to record a little bit longer to actually get out. So I should record... Eventually, because we played, been playing so much BattleTech and Infinity. They're recorded. Oh, um, Ernest started telling me, uh, was it that one of the ones how we wanted to do it? I will be in at a normal time tomorrow. If you're going, we're doing in. Alpha Strike tomorrow. Yeah, if you That's want, actually really I, easy to most of the stuff is actually in the store. I just have to check the batteries. I think the batteries at home. I can start charging those, so we can attempt to do that and just see how it goes. Also, um, I would have bought a better camera, but my dog now has dry eyes, so I had to spend a whole bunch of money on him. Oh, he's a baby. Yeah. He's, he's okay now, he's but we got to put eye drops he's in. He's a child. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay but, to spend money on him because they're so cute and fluffy and adorable. I would spend a bunch on him, that's for sure. Uh, the eye drop, <laughs> the, the eye ointment is rather expensive. I'm going to see if I can get it cheaper. But otherwise, I was going to buy uh, an actual more official camera to kind of put up. I was like, oh, I'll do that. And then, like, oh, I got to put out a bunch of money from the dog. All right, we'll wait. Oh, so then life happened. Yeah, that's what usually <laughs> happens. But yeah. um, we live in Jersey, and we're supposed to get a uh, another property tax rebate coming back to us, like, next month. So I might. I'll do one of these as he says that. No, no, it's actually officially went through. It's just. Oh, it did? I don't, oh, okay. Yeah, it officially went through. Um, everyone got sent mail about it. It, it. Actually, you had been told about it, but I don't remember if it said October or later. It, it's on a rolling basis when it comes out. It depends on related to taxes and how you do those, how fast you kind of get it. But we have that coming in, so I'll probably use a little bit of that for that and then uh, the rest for bills and things like that. But, all right, that's enough belaboring. Now on to the show. All right, Dan. Uh, you showed me your giant, ridiculous thing that you're working on. Oh yeah, I'll do which it for again. anyone watching, you don't have to move it again. It's no, uh, it's fine. You can explain what it is, especially because so uh, not everyone watches. Because I've been doing more and more BattleTech. I've been moving more to BattleTech and Infinity. One because, listen, I love 40k. I love my custodians. I love my demons. I painted a bunch of them. You know how it is. One. Games Workshop has, still hasn't released Runestorm of the Deep or Demon of the Runestorm rules, so I'm just kind of like I don't want to play them in 40k anymore because. Demons are kind of, well, I have only corn demons. So that's yeah. kind of monopose that is. Yeah. But if you want to have any fun with demons, the sad part is you kind of have to build a monster list. Because if you take 
the small demonettes or the or the play, unless they're nerglings, but to any of the small ones, they're exceptionally priced heavily and mm-hmm. they die like this. And so it's kind of not fun when like a 10-man las gun squad kind of takes out your triple pointed demon infantry and you're like, oh, okay. So I don't want to keep running the same list. So I just kind of took a break from that for a while. I've been playing Infinity because yep. Infinity is just hella fun to play, honestly. And the people yep. I play with are great. But I, I like I got my butt pushed in uh for the first time, actually. Cause I've been winning and losing, but usually by one point. Like I know me and Manny had a great game on Friday. I lost by one point. It came down to the last order of the last game. Uh, he had to roll a whip roll on a 10. Yep. And it was just so, it was such, yeah, it was like him just scanning the building with like his little V card reader. Such a good game. Um, but for the first time ever um, on Sunday, I got my like butt pushed in. It was like a nine to four game, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the highest differential I had. But I wasn't upset. I was super happy, mm-hmm. right? It was because it was like, you know, one moment his stupid Wolfman comes in. My Sepulchre Knight apparently is really good in melee. I didn't even know this. Yeah. He has natural born warrior yes. and a bunch of stuff. I was like, wait, none of my other knights has big suit armor guy has this. So I'm like, I got a pretty damn good chance to knock out uh, his his wolf warrior. And the wolf warrior goes, shh, shh, hush, hush, hush. <laughs> stabs the smoker knight in the neck. is so good. Um, and yeah, Battletech, because Battletech is just fun, honestly, and abstract. But here, um, for those on YouTube, I'm painting this uh, wonderful 3D print drop ship from uh, it's, it's split in half. There are magnets that connects together. But it transports your mechs. And let me see if I can pick this up without being like wet. Yeah, transports your mechs in there, which is really cool. It's magnetized. Um, so I'm trying it small, and then I'm going to move to the big one I have right there. Yeah, it's Terradome. Um, yeah, Terradome, my huge, apologies, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. All right. Um, I haven't worked on much of anything. I've worked on <laughs> videos and stuff like that, but no, lately I've just been too busy with other things and all. Um, a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm just about to hit Act 3, so maybe in another... I don't know, week or two, we'll do a, a, a separate spoiler discussion all about it. So I should be done that pretty soon. That's actually been taking up most of my time if I'm not working at all. Uh, I did just pick up some more stuff for Shatterpoint. I picked out the Mother Talzin box, so the Dathomirian box. You have no idea who that is. Is that the, no, is that the ones that have super pale skin? Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah the, uh, I'm trying to remember because I played the video game. Those yeah. ones were like the super weird pale skin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dathomirans tend to have uh, those. It's it's the Night Sisters and all is what. Yeah. There it is. The Night Sisters. Yeah. That's yes. okay. So the Night Sister box, and then I picked up the box with Cad Bane and just some mercenaries in there and all. So I picked up those two. Hopefully, working on those. I think, I think this week, I will finish up the conquest for Old Dominion, call that done. I don't have much to do, so I can actually get those done. And then probably next week, I will start and get all my Shatterpoint, all the rest of it painted up. And then I'll start printing off some more terrain for it as well, because I've been a little bit lax with printing off some terrain. Yeah, actually, uh, even the other day when I went in on that Sunday, I played a game and then just hung out instead of sitting down and hobbying, because I just really just didn't feel like it especially with infinity i didn't feel like getting super glue all over my hands because no matter how careful i am i just get coated in it so i figured or some of the nights when it's like i got like 30 minutes i could glue a few i don't want to go to bed with like glued over hands and rub my eyes and burn myself so i just decided not to do any of that so all right uh have you you've been painting your conquest though yes that's what you said yes on and off no, no, I, on and off. It's okay. it's 
so it's I don't know if it's more annoying than the blood than the blood letters I paint or less annoying. The blood letters were annoying because it was the same model every single time. Yes. This is annoying because it's the same amount of models. Yeah. But they're all just slightly different. So you can't like mind numbingly paint. No. You actually have to focus on it. Well, I don't even care. No, a little with care. I care about my miniatures. It's more uh, of you have to like focus, like, for example, if you're doing the blood letters, you kind of hmm. get a gist of here's the sword, here's the hand, here's the body. Even yeah. with the custodies, you know, here's the shield, here's the sword, here's the body, here's the, the tabard, here's the tuft. Sure, they're all different poses. Maybe the hand's a little higher than the other one, but you get a general gist of the model. With the conquest models, it's uh six different body types and then six different arms, right? But okay. the body types and the arms don't have to match. So what you actually get is, and you're the math teacher, so you can correct, is like six um, exponent. No, not six. Uh, what's factorial is what you're thinking. Like, you get six factorial worth of things because one body can have the set one hands, and the same one body can have the set two hands, and this one body can have the set three hands. And then you go through that with the six different bodies. So each one is just minutely different. So you actually have to pay attention to where you're putting stuff, and it gets mind-numbing at times well you don't try to paint it all at once you paint a squad yeah you, you paint batches, three yeah. what i do is i paint at three stands whenever i paint i th paint three stands at a time yep, because that's, that's what i've been doing usually your minimum size and then when you do the next three you know you can just kind of be working up units that way yep no that makes that's exactly what i've been doing and it's getting there it is getting there it just takes time yeah it's so my uh i still have a bunch of my nords to work on and if it wasn't for the dog thing i thought about that uh the Hundred Kingdoms all horse list that I saw. I was like, ooh, that is that does seem cool. That's I interesting. Do like horse things. Yeah. As I used to for Song of Ice and Fire, Targaryens were the ones I played, so I love horse based stuff. But I played for dog stuff and I was like, you know what? That's fine. I got plenty of other things to work on. Tons and tons of things. So hopefully another week or two, maybe things calm down enough, slash getting done uh Baldur's Gate three so that way I can spend a lot of time actually getting some painting done. And, and Baldur's Gate three. Such a good yeah. game. It is. I don't. I don't foresee myself playing again because I'm not that kind of person, or at least not anytime soon. Maybe in a couple of years, I'd pick it back up and do something else crazy. But that's just me. I know some. It was people worth the money. The free was just a good, solid game, worth yeah. the money. I played it through twice. Oh, even I'm if good I only played it once, it's harder. absolutely worth the money. Yeah, you know, it was such a good game. Yeah, you, you, I, when it's all said and done, I'm going to be spending you know pennies on the dollar, or pennies yeah. on the hour kind of thing. I have no problem yeah. with any of that. So. Um, quickly then, have you been playing it? I know you've played some Infinity games, and you've been playing that, and some Battletech. Those have been the main two things. Yeah, what have I been playing? What would you ask? No, I said, what have you been playing lately? Oh, just Infinity and Battletech, and then, okay. I guess, on the computer. For the first time ever, I finally bought, um, XCOM. I've never played XCOM. Really? Neither one nor two. No. Oh, wow. Um, so I finally bought and downloaded XCOM 2, because I really wanted to try it, uh, and actually enjoy it. It kind of reminds me of Infinity a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what inspired it, be, to be okay. honest. Okay, that's um, fair. So I was like, because I, I really haven't been interested in new games coming out. Like, I'm waiting for Space Marine. Yeah. <laughs> that one's not coming out. No Starfield. Um, so, okay. I bought it and then immediately returned it. Okay. And the reason why was I bought it because I, I like, saw the videos and mm -hmm. I should have known this. And then I read a lot. Then I saw, like, some of the reviews. Okay. How glitchy and awful it was. So I was going to play the Most game of... Most of the stuff I've watched has actually been fine. There is some glitches, but that's yeah. to be expected. It's... I was going to just buy it later when it's on okay. sale. Because Baldur's Gate 3 took much, and I wanted less 
RPG game that was going to soul suck me out of my life. Got so it. that's why I went XCOM. Probably around Christmas, I'll look at buying Starfield because I'll be honest with you, ship. I love space. You know, you know, I love space games. Yeah. It looks like an RPG, which I absolutely enjoy. And it's got yeah. first person gun combat. So it's, it's your, it's it your hits classic all the boxes. sort of Bethesda RPGs, yeah. uh, a la, you know, Skyrim, Fallout. It's just those sort of yeah. concepts in space. Yeah, Good so it hits, all, it hits all the spots I love. Yeah. It's more of I don't have time for a soul sucking game. Yeah. I just started the year teaching. So I was like, screw it. You know, I did Baldur's Gate, finished it before the year started. Have and you had your XCOM moment of when you're like inches from a guy, 99% chance with a shotgun, and you miss? Now, yes. And okay, because if not, you have an XCOM jet. Oh, no, no. It's because I used to play, I'd play Battletech, like the actual um, the, the video game Battletech, right? Where it's like uh, turn-based combat. Yes. And I've had the, you know, hey, my mech has an 88% shot at shooting. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. No, yeah, 88% shot. It's fine. Right? Clear shot. I'm in the trees and it like misses. And then he headshots me. And I'm just like. Now, everyone who has played XCOM for a while has the 99% chance and then you miss. And miss. you're yep. inches away. Yep. So I, I was just like. a board game for that. I own it. I heard it was good. It is good. You have to use an app for it, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But you do actually have to use an app because what you're supposed to do when is controlled by that. So every player is a different facet. So one person is a scientist. They're the one choosing research options. Okay. Uh, one person is, say, the military person. They're the ones who are deciding what squad members go where kind of stuff. There's Essentially, everyone has a role. And what happens on the app is it says, okay, um, you get blank amount of time total to do it. And it's like, all right. First things first, uh, scientist person, you have 10 seconds to figure out what what things you're researching. And one person's controlling it, the commander. Okay, hey, you, uh, what are researching? Okay, next thing, I, I say that that's done. Okay, next thing, someone has to do this thing. So it, it gives you very little time to do different tasks. If you don't complete tasks in time, you actually do get some penalties for it. And then you go to the resolution phase where you figure out what happened in those decisions. That's actually really fucking Yeah, it, it actually is really fun. It's, it's played over, I, I don't know if it's a fixed amount of rounds, but it's essentially over multiple rounds. It's been a little bit, it's been a while since I've played it, but it's actually in, it's in my locker um, at the store. Right. So, this, uh, game-wise, I taught someone 30K yesterday. Really? Yes. How'd that go? Uh, reasonably well. He had mentioned that he had like, I don't know, 15 Space Marines. He wanted to learn the game. He also then mentioned Tyranids at first, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm like, you do mean 30k? He's like, yes. He's like, I tried 40k, but I prefer 30k because I prefer the lore. So I went down to, it was the Wargamers Guild down in whatever town it's in. I can't remember right now. I'll look it up because I, I, for whatever reason, I know how to get there. It's very easy for me to get there, but I always forget what town it's actually in. I went down there. I gave him about 1,500 points of Death Guard. I took about 1,500 points of Dark Angels. Um, especially in teaching games, never worry about if the points actually fit that doesn't matter. Just find things that seem cool and try to make sure they can counter what you do and all. Uh, the store's in Yardville, Yardville, New Jersey. So I tried to make sure I gave him cool things. So I gave him Death Shroud Terminators, like a small squad of those because they're special. Oh, yeah. Grave Wardens because they're a special thing. Um, larger squads attack Marines because Death Guard want to run large squads attack Marines. Um, some Tartarus Terminators, uh, uh, Land Raider Proteus, and... I think some multi-melted guys for a heavy weapon squad. Cause again, their whole bonus, 
I always count a stationary for all intents and purposes, unless you're running and all. But if you're walking, you're stationary. Okay, take heavy weapons then. Uh, for myself, again, I wanted to take some cool things. So I took a Spartan that had my Praetor in it, as well as some Snobium. I made sure he had enough Laz Cannons and Multi-Melts and stuff like that to be able to deal with that. Um, the Snobium ended up doing like okay on some squads and then just got shot down, which makes sense. I took a Firewing Agamatis squad to show him, hey, here's how like reserves and that kind of facet works. Because he said he had read the rules and I want to show him like, not everything starts on the board. Some stuff can come in and, and here's ideas. What else did I take? I took a Plasma Cannon squad because it's Dark Angels. I just took a few less guys. Um, not so much for points. I could have fit him in. But just to help balance it because, you know, an important thing in this game is like spreading out. Because people might have templates like this guy does and all. Just trying to show interesting facets to the game. Found out after we started he hasn't done a miniatures game before. I think it still worked fine, but I wanted to kind of illustrate the big distinctions here. Um, the game overall went well. We went through the turns. By the end, I pretty much had almost nothing left. Um, he was able to... I, I made sure I gave him a list, as well as like a contemptor, stuff that could counter what I had and should be able to do very well against it. At first, he was kind of hanging back, and I'm like, no, no, you, you want to go forward. Like, if you stay back... I'm kind of at an advantage. You start pushing forward, you you get the better stuff. So we didn't do like Warlord traits or anything too crazy. It took quite a while, but when it's all said and done, um, he enjoyed it. He talked about, we talked about army choices and the way to pick up and kind of grow from there. So he has some ideas. He's just kind of needing to figure out his exact legion, kind of build up. And like I said, in that area, there's some other stores that play. So he'll definitely be able to find some games and um, probably have someone else who's, Join us. Just point, please point away from Iron Warriors. New Jersey is just inundated with Iron Warriors. No, no, Warrior no. He wants, to, he wants to do uh, <laughs> traders. I think he's going Death Guard actually, because he said that was he was between Sons of Horus and Death Guard. He said they're the ones he likes most lore wise. And I said, okay, not that it matters, but just to let you know, in case you're trying to think of also like how they play, Death Guard are, are just better in general for the way their rules work for them and all. So if you're like first time doing miniatures, if you really don't care which one, the Death Guard are going to be a little more forgiving. You're, you know, you're going to feel a little more confident with them. Where the Sons oh, yeah. of Horus, you're not necessarily going to get that feel because the rules okay, but it's somewhat situational. It doesn't last very long because it's only first rounds of combat, those sort of ideas. So, you know, he got to see how Death Guard played. He got to see the cool things they did. But we'll see. He, he might be waiting for the Mark III Proteus box, which I can't remember what else was in there, if there was. I know there's like 30 Mark III's, a Land Raider Proteus, and I thought something else. But I don't remember. Do you remember what was in it? I can't recall. I thought there was something else in that box that's going to come out. It's not out I yet. I mean, to be fair, I know the box isn't out yet, but let's be fair. A lot of people are selling the, the normal box for cheap, too. Yes. So like, I told him I yeah. think that's a good idea. I think it's because he wants Mark III's. I think that's the real reason why. But the big box is still good, even with the Mark Force, because one, you'll need bodies. You just need yeah. lots of bodies. Make them special weapons, because the special weapons, that actually, I didn't tell them that. I'll have to let them know that. Um, the new Mark Threes will fit the special weapons, but the old don't. So if he happens to get the old ones, they don't really fit the special weapons well. But it, it's not a bad way to do it. Um, I'm going to have to look it up, because I don't remember. There's something else in that box, I think. But I think that's about it. I mean, I played some MCP a uh, little bit here and there, but miniature-wise, I just haven't really been able to get in lately. Also, you know, I was sick before and stuff like that, so kind of back at it now. All right, but that gives enough of that. Let me... I didn't actually open a thing for show notes. Actually, no, I do have my show notes here. Let me bank a little bit of a mark for myself. 
and then we will start getting into Kickstarter. So like I said, the impetus for this discussion, um, I am part of the Darkest Dungeon Kickstarter. I have my base stuff. I'm waiting for the other stuff to come in. And we were discussing what we wanted to talk about this week. And I said, I didn't really feel like doing a deep dive. Um, I just wasn't in the headspace to want to do that right now. And for other quick ideas, I said, well, hey, this is really a topical thing because we're in the middle of a, a situation here. I, said, I think we're going to bring it up last. Whether we get to it, if we don't, I'm going to release some separate stuff or a separate discussion about it as well. But I started thinking about the idea of you know, miniatures games, mostly in terms of miniatures, related to Kickstarter, what ones have succeeded, what failed, what seems good about the platform for it, what's bad, and, and just sort of thoughts on that. So we thought we would go over, now this is not a comprehensive list, I'm sure there's other games, but we thought we would go over some of the mostly miniatures-based games that have come out in Kickstarter, whether they succeeded, not funded, Funded is guaranteed. We're talking about ones that have funded. We might mention some things that didn't, but we're only talking about the ones that funded. But did they succeed? Are the games still around? Did they do well? Did they at least last a while? Did they crash and burn? Were they there for a while? It's sort of that, our thoughts on it. Most, not all, but a good bit of these we've either played or know a good bit about it. So we thought that would be a good discussion. And like I said, depending on where we get, we'll get to it. We are trying to break it out between successes and failures, a little bit back and forth. And if you're watching, we're going to pull up things on the Kickstarter page as we go through. If you're not, though, you're not losing too much. We might mention some models, but the one I have pulled up first is Wrath of Kings, which I know Dan played. And yeah, it was a while ago. You, well, yes, definitely <laughs> was a while ago. But if you want to explain the basics of what this game was. All right, so this it was a cool game. I will put it. This is a really neat game. It was a D10 system. Um, it was a skirmish game, very much like War Machine was a skirmish game. And essentially there were, um, there were four races, the Gritzy, there were these, uh, fish people, there were the normal humans. I'm trying to remember that last race. I always forget that last one. So the Gritzy is what I played. They were werewolves and vampires basically put together. And the game played very interesting because the... It was very objective based and very much like, yeah, you can kill the enemy leader or you can like very much a war machine or kill any models. But really what you want to do is control certain sections of the battlefield. And it was alternate activation as well. So again, it, was, it ticked all the boxes for me, alternate activation, small model count. The models actually did look good. Um, yeah, I'm scrolling through them now. I'm looking at the Nasir. The first one was the Howlin. The Nasir no, yes, were that like was the it. demons. They, they, those are the demons. Yes, yes. Yeah, the Nasir are the um, demons. But um and, and like I said, the, the models looked great. They were kind of chunky, they were big, very flavorful. Um, the bases were like the war machine beveled bases, I guess they're called. Yeah. Those yeah, it's like those around the bases, yeah. And yeah, you had the humans, you had the demons, you had um, yeah, like a, a a futuristic one, you had the technus. Yep, yeah, the at Chinese them. faction. Yeah, the Howlin. Um, um the, the Technus they sort of Oh, the a, Technus were they were yes. they were war pigs. They had actual uh Yes, they have pigs and monsters, <laughs> but they also do have somewhat of a steampunk. Yeah, vibe, yeah, somewhat steampunk or at least iron punk kind of thing to them. Yep. And then you had the Hadros, which were 
<laughs> literally Cthulhu. Um, yeah, mostly like, fish people. Mostly fish people. And then you had the Gritzy, which were werewolves and vampires. Um, but like I said, the game was mostly objective-based, and it played very quick, too. You can get a good game in like an hour and a half to two hours. So it was a very played game. Um, now, I full disclosure, I never backed the Kickstarter. I actually bought Gritzy when it came out in the actual... Um, the actual boxes. Um, that's when people started playing. Yes. And we played for quite some time. We played for two or three months. And then it just kind of went away. Yeah. No one played it. It like disappeared off the face of the earth, which is weird because it was a good game. It played very well. But do you know why? Because I know why. I have no idea. I'm, can I take a guess before you sure. say that? I would say there's no new releases, but I'm on their website, and it that seems was like the reason. Okay. So um, there's some other things at play, of course, but the biggest problem, and one of the other ones we're going to talk about had the same sort of problem. One of the issues with the Kickstarter model is you need to get people interested in it, and and for anyone who wasn't looking, um, this particular Kickstarter raised seven hundred eighteen thousand um, dollars. This was back in essentially about. The game was supposed to ship in 2014. I think the Kickstarter was about a year or so before. I don't have the exact date in front of me. But the big thing is to get people to want to go into Kickstarter, you've got to give them a bunch of stuff. You've got to give them a really good deal. And you want to have a lot of impressive things to show. So this is a game that's showing up five factions. But they said, okay, hey, here are the models we have. Here's like, I want to say it's like 40 miniatures per faction or about that many. Yeah, it was Some a of them about 50. But all that came out in the Kickstarter. So... That means if you kickstarted it, when that finally shows up, boom, you have your whole faction, you have everything. And then the question becomes, how long until new things start coming out? And the problem they had, and someone else had the same problem, is if you did get the Kickstarter, there was nothing for a very long time, month like six months plus. And the issue is that if, if one, if you didn't kickstart it, can you get it easily? And stores were able to do Kickstarter, were able to kickstart into as well. So you might be able to get it, could be a little bit difficult. The other problem is, as a store, do I really want to support it that much? Because I have nothing new to sell people. If the main people who wanted to buy it bought the Kickstarters, or people came in the store, bought it up, and there's no new models coming out for months upon months upon months, I don't have anything to sell these people. The average person who's playing this game owns everything they're going to want to play, because they kickstarted it. They backed it all. So there were some other issues as well but that was probably one of the main ones is just getting more stuff because miniatures games die on the vine if you don't have consistent releases you don't need a release constantly all the time but you need them fairly often think about um back when spartan games was a thing part of the issues that they had was they were rotational basis so firestorm armada you might get some couple boxes and then it might be three months before you get more boxes because now yeah. they're on the dystopian wars or one of the other projects they did. If And if you have these factions, oh, I didn't get something in the early spot. It might be quite a while before I get it. That makes it tough. You know, if you look at a company doing it correctly, if you look at Parabellum Games, like right now, my main army didn't get a release, but I got a release like a month and a back. I'll probably get my next release in a couple months. And there's enough factions, they stagger it where it's not one person getting it, half of them are getting it, then the other half. You're getting enough things, or it's consistent enough. 
and it's still somewhat new, some of the factions, so you're still building things up. This was a game that they essentially just didn't support enough once it was out. Um, do you know why it dropped off in our store? That I don't know. I don't know why you guys stopped playing. I don't know if that was I, the reason. I, it was literally we played it to death. We, okay. we played it almost every day. Every Friday we played. Mm-hmm. And it got three months in and we were like, all right, what are the next releases? Yeah. And I'm looking here. The last update from the game was 2017. Oh, no, the, the game is officially back. is officially DOA. It's gone. Yeah, dead. dead. But the last update was 2017 and the models look great. But that was a year after it was released. Yes. And it's just like, damn, okay. We By that time, we were done playing it. There was no, no one wanted to pick it up again. Yeah. Which it's, and again, it, it hurts because it was actually a really good game. And the models do actually look really nice. This is one of is, the ones that didn't yeah. succeed that actually does have pretty good looking models. I do like the models in general, depending on faction, but I do like them. Like I'm, if you go to the website, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm on their the Kickstarter, new- so I can see it all there. Oh, well, no, I'm saying the website actually had, they were going to come up with new releases. Oh, yeah, yeah. 20, and they were releasing it for one, two, oh, every faction, I think, no, two factions, the Garitzi and the um, the, the Demons, the Nasir, right? Yeah, Nasir. But the new Garitzi was coming out were more werewolves, right? And these were heavily armored werewolves with gigantic, like, broadswords. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Never came out. Nope. Never came out. No, just, um... So this is a Simon game. There's a few of these that are going to be Simon games. Some of them good, some of them bad. Um, Wait, Simon does have somewhat of an come issue. Come on, games. Come on, games. Yeah. Is it? Why'd you say Simon? I'm confused. Because Wait, that's that how mo- that's how everyone I know pronounces a Simon. But okay. Wait. Stupid question. C M O N. Yeah. C M O. Isn't it? Come yeah. on. I've always pronounced it Simon. Okay. I, I, was, I thought I was having like a stroke for a second. No, you, no, no. Same, same thing. Okay. I always say Simon, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it is. Come on. Okay, okay. Just yeah. Check it out. Um, this Ooh. is one of theirs, and they do have a problem historically of not supporting their games that well. The game comes out, they might do some stuff with it, but some of them they kind of just let kind of sit and languish, and that's what we kind of see happen here. We're going to see quite a, actually, at least like I think two other games of theirs on this list, maybe more for all we have. I do believe there's still a box or so of Wrath of Kings stuff. If you look, um, if right before you would go upstairs in Maplewood on the left, there used to be a box or two down there. They oh, might not I be there think anymore. There is. Maplewood there always was. has the most. Until like last stuff. year, there was. It might be gone now. So, all right. So there was one. Like I said, that it failed. The Kickstarter worked, but the game is gone, and the game Man. only lasted a few years. And then it uh, was essentially removed. Actually, I can't remember. Was we didn't talk about Guild Ball? I, don't, I think was Guild Ball a Kickstarter. Guild Ball. Wait, I think it was. Yeah. It was. I, I, oh my god! That's another game. Hold on, let me check. Here. Yeah. That one. I, I think it was I that one. Uh, yes, it was. Why, when I look up Guild Ball, did it not come up on Kickstarter? I just put Guild Ball Kickstarter. It, oh, because I put it as one word. Was that my problem? Yeah, it's two words. Ah. Uh, Holy shit! Spell. That was also Kickstarter. Yes. Huh. Again, this is another game. We can yeah, move on remember. to this one if you want. Because this is another game that I okay. never backed, but I bought the box after it was backed. Yeah. All right. We, so we, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll discuss this briefly then. Um, wow. I completely. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, for, I forgot that that was. Shocking. All right. So, Gilbo, this is another one. This one was, I will, I will count this one as a success, not necessarily as a failure. The game is not around anymore. But the game did stick around for quite a while. So the concept in Guild Ball was what 
what's the best way to put this? What if Blood Bowl, but soccer, but not entirely? So what do I mean by that? You have various factions, and the idea you're essentially playing a soccer match. You have goal, have a goal post, and all of that's what you're trying to do. But you can score either by actually scoring goals or by knocking people out. Um, there's ways in which they come back and all. And some factions, like um, the fishermen, they essentially just score goals. Whereas like brewers who I had, they can score goals, but oftentimes they were just better actually beating people up. That is sort of what they specialized in. So you had different factions for different things. They had um, uh, what they launched with. They had them. Who else did they have? Let's the butchers see. are what I played. The butchers were. Yeah, the, butchers were the I'm premier destruction faction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sh- so th- they originally launched with butchers, uh, masons killed, fishermen's killed. Uh, masons were usually heavy armor and things like that. They were hard to hurt. Um, the morticians, that is sort of your necromancers, things like that. Every faction had a like pet. So mine had a cat and the brewers. So you can take the cat. It was one of the characters. Um, alchemist put a lot of um, conditions on you and things like that. Union. And, and union was something where you could um, take in certain models from other factions. So they had this. The game lasted a good number of years. This was actually by um, Steamforge Games. This game was from people who had left Privateer Press. So it had that sort of competitive feel. So if anyone's ever played anything from Privateer Press, they usually try, I mean, what was that? Mark II, the the tagline was Plague Like He Got a Pair for um, for their, oh, why am, I, why am I blanking on the name? War Machine. War Machine. That's it. I, for some reason, oh, okay, I, I was going to say, I, I, I thought it was something else you were no, thinking of. No, War Machine. I'm like, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as they were going through it, a couple of the guys left and they decided they wanted to do something different. So they came up with Steamforge Games. First game they ended up releasing miniatures wise was Guild Ball. And they wanted, again, that sort of feel of balance with the potential of heavy competitive play. I remember going to multiple tournaments for this in the past. Really enjoyed the game. Around for a few years, they expanded out factions. It originally was a metal. Later on, they started doing plastics. They started redoing box sets and all. And what happened several years later, I, I forget the exact year. It might have been 20. Do you remember what year it was that they said no more Guild Ball? I, I want to say no it was like 2018. Idea. I think it was before COVID. Yeah, uh, it was. It, yeah, I don't remember the before COVID years that well. <laughs> Uh, someone posted 20, I forget exactly when, when was it? Oh, um, I, I know, where is it? Sorry, I'm looking for it now. What essentially happened is they put out an announcement that said, yeah, we don't want to do this game anymore. It's just not doing well enough. Community issues, like, uh, almost to an extent, like, you guys aren't really playing the game enough and you're not making, like, enough money for us. So we're just, we're just going to, we're going to bounce. Like, they, they didn't like what happened. So they said the style of gameplay changed to low-risk, ultra-conservative play where the ball was often deliberately sidelined. It wasn't the guild ball we envisioned. So they essentially said, you guys aren't playing the game like we want. And rather than try to do changes or alterations, they essentially shut it down. Um, it was actually 
full press release shows 2020. Was it 2020? I thought they stopped it before then. Uh, their web page, of course, doesn't have it anymore because the yeah, game's exactly. Gone. I was looking at the web. I right, tried yeah. the web page isn't even open for me. So yeah. Uh, but, but, but. Oh, there it is. 2020, August 11th, 2020. Um, around then, there's an article that kind of talks about how it went away. I had stopped playing before that a little bit. But that's about the time they had gotten rid of it. And they did like a final sale. So that's the last time you could get all the stuff. They discontinued entirely. And um, then they went on to make a whole bunch of very mediocre games. And ones that I didn't really like. They made 96,000 pounds of 890 backers. But the other games they've released, not so good. They did, I think they did God Tier. Which that didn't go anywhere. They did several board games. They get they got big licensed board games, and they didn't do good things with them. Um, oh, this reminds me of another company, Spartan Games with Halo. Yeah, but Spartan Games is gone. They're still around. Steamforge Games still makes games. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, for things they didn't do well, they had the Dark Souls license. It took multitude of years for it all to come out and the game itself is okay at best i'm just not a big fan maybe some people like it if you do great but it took an insane amount of time for that game to fully come out they did the horizon zero dawn game that they made feel like it should be cooperative and they made it competitive which that was the biggest complaint about the game they later released some ways to play cooperative there's a based off of the second game uh, Forbidden West, there is going to be another Kickstarter, I don't think it's out yet, but coming soon, related to that game, and they are doing it cooperative. So this is a game, so do you know the idea of Horizon Zero Dawn? You're allowed Horizon, to say no. Yes, I know the game. No, okay. I know the game, I'm sorry, my brain kind of... No, that's okay. Because you were talking about Darkest Dungeon, and I was just like... Mur. No, 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 uh, no, no I know, Dark I know Souls Horizon was the is. other one, that, yeah. So yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, in case you don't know, it's essentially prehistoric people with dinosaurs and not going to go into it but if you actually go through the lore they explain why and it makes sense but if you haven't played the game honestly great game cybernetic dinosaurs i should yes cybernetic yeah (laughs) they are literally robots but they explain all of that why there's robot dinosaurs all over the place and again it makes a lot of sense i have no problem with it so in the game you're essentially hunting at points hunting these robotic monsters and in the board game you're hunting robotic monsters and there's cases of you know there's usually smaller ones and then there's the big bad of the scenario and the idea is i can ask for your help if we're both playing the game i can get your help you could help me take down one of these because it's bad if it's out there for us the problem is if you help me and we do take it down i'm the only one who actually gets the credit for taking it down and yeah the game's competitive so you helping me, doing what you might want to do anyway, is actually a detriment to you. So you'd rather watch me fail. And maybe you're not strong enough to take it down on your own, but I don't want to help you because then you'll succeed and you could win the game. So they took something that should have been a cooperative experience, you versus the board, like the, uh, the Dark Souls game was, and they made it competitive. And then they just didn't make it that good in general anyway. They've had some other ones that have been very hit and miss. The biggest thing is they get big licenses, but they can't handle them well. 
And this has not been the only ones that they've done this for. They've done it for other ones um, since then. Which, normally you can click on their information, but I'm not seeing it for other games that they've done. But that's enough on that one. So that one was, we'll say it's a mixed success. The game came out, the game was out for a while. The game was actually very good. And then they didn't like the way you played the game. So they said no more. You don't get to have your toys anymore. All right. Um, what's one of the ones you know? You probably know the Battletech one if you want to talk about Battletech. I can do Battletech. I can do Drop Fleet. I can do Exploding Kittens. I can it's, do Kingdom It's up to you Death. which one you want to do. Let's do Battletech. Battletech. Okay. Yeah, let's do a success, like a roaring success. Yes. So well, Battletech. still alive today. Well, shit. That's been alive since the fuck me. Yeah, but. Um, but Very it's true. really sparked it. No, but not, no, I, I swear to God, it's been like, I have never seen more people interested in Battletech in my entire life. For Christ's sake, if someone told me in the 90s, or early 2000s, when I was a kid or teenager, that I would find Battletech miniatures in Barnes & Noble, I would have laughed at them. I would have laughed at them. No, let's but, be um, honest, though. Some of where we see it being so big is because we do live in a little bit of macro chamber. One of our Facebook groups that we're both in, the Facebook chats, is Battletech. So one third of all your conversations of hobby every day is Battletech. Very true, but you know, the fact that I'm not saying it's played, not big, but no, I know. But the fact that it's making the money it's making, mm -hmm. right? Successful enough to be sold in Barnes and Noble, that's something, right? I don't see, I don't see. Uh, um, and Games Workshop was also sold. I was say, Noble, yeah, they're so. there. No, no, they're there. No, that's not what I was gonna say. I don't see um, Infinity sold in Barnes and Noble. No. See specialized. Mechs are an easy yeah. sell. Here's a box. Yeah, Get some a, things that maybe look cool to you. So Battletech, uh, I should have. Oh, you know what? I exited out of the damn tab when I was looking at the. Um, That's all right. There's like five Kickstarters for this thing. No, there was, well, no, there was, the first one was early 2020, I want to say. No, no, Clan Invasion was supposed to release 19. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at the Battletech video game. Where the hell is Clan Invasion? Why can I find this nonsense? Battletech. Mary, I should have just searched. I should have just searched that and not Google. Yeah, Battletech Mercenaries. It's not Mercenaries. That was the most recent one. Yeah, a Battletech Clan Invasion. There we go. Okay, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so they 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 did um, Clan Invasion. The last update was twenty twenty two, but that's nothing. So I believe they started this in twenty twenty. Was the Kickstarter? Okay. It, it sucks. That no, no, it was supposed to release twenty nineteen. Uh, 2019. So this was 2018. Yeah. Um, and they and it was Catalyst Games, and they basically tossed out and said, "Hey, listen, we're going to start redesigning a lot of these mechs because." And they didn't say this officially, but a lot of the Ironwind Metal stuff, the design, the old designs are awful, awful. Some yeah. are, some are. So it's funny. The older designs that are newer are better, but some of the older designs from like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, oh, they are. They are rough, like, you know, acids, stomach acid in your mouth rough. So this Kickstarter comes out you know, from Callus Games, and they were like, listen, we're going to ask for, what did they even ask? 30,000, right? Because yeah. they weren't expecting it. No one knows Battletech. First of all, they made 2.5 million out of the 30,000. So that's a roaring success. But what happened was that during this Kickstarter, what kind of gained popularity was the fact that, one, the new redesigns of the mechs were beautiful. Some still looked goofy, but like a lot of them had a big glow up. But the other big thing was just the box sets were really, really good. You got, a, a, a you know, your record sheets, your rule book. You got, I think in the Alpha Strike box, you had a 
you have eight or ten mechs you get. Um, eight, I want to say it is. It's eight. Yeah, it's either. I know it's some weird, nice number. Um, the redesigns were good. You get um, a good amount of models in the box, and that was just the box. And as the Kickstarter kept like happening, they just started adding more and more stuff that honestly people enjoyed like for example urban mech has always been kind of this ugly mech that no one loves it's the meme mech it's a meme mech and they were like we know it's a meme we're gonna make a plushie of it and it sold out the plushie of an urban mech sold out and that and it's still a meme by the way because whenever they go to conventions they have a giant blow up plushie of an urban mech so they they play along with that meme, and then it kept coming out. They kept releasing more things, and again, this it it speaks for itself. It raised two million dollars. So then, of course, with Kickstarters, the big thing is: all right, are they going to ship on time? Right, no. that's the big thing. Kickstarters never they do. Go- Even if they do, it's fine. But it, you're but, expecting delays. But these guys actually kind of did. They promised it in August two thousand nineteen, and people started getting their boxes September, hmm. which is still a delay technically by definition, but compared to some other Kickstarters, a one month delay is. <laughs> there are people who still have outstanding Kickstarters. I know exactly Brain like, has one. I forget which some sort of miniatures thing. It just never showed up. Yeah. So like a one month delay in Kickstarter is seen as like the golden standard, which is sad to say, but that's what it is. Um, so people start receiving in September. And again, we, everyone's kind of holding their tongue because like, oh my God, there's going to be mistakes. Maybe they're going to miss some stuff. Maybe the casting's not going to be great, right? These were all things that people said. And they released like, there was a bunch of stuff they released, like inner sphere mechs and all this. Maybe the casting's going to be awful. Maybe they're not advertised as is, you know, maybe they had all these, Um, you get, they had like free salvage boxes. And like, oh, everyone's going to light mech. No one's going to get an assault mech or a heavy mech, right? None of that was true, apparently. When people open, I still, I'm not saved on YouTube, but I remember watching it. Mm-hmm. It was in 2019, I want to say. Uh, and it was one of the channels that does Battletech. Um, yeah. And I now can't remember what their name is. If you remember, I'll so, put it in show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I'll remember it by the end. I'll, actually, All while right. I talk, I'll look it up on YouTube because they're one of my saved channels. They do excellent Battletech reports. I shout them out all the time if I can. If you love Battletech content, these are the guys you want to look at. But, um, they did a, an unboxing video. They got it in September, uh, October, I think. There's maybe two months. And they pulled up the model, zoomed in, and they were just like, wow, this is what? And it's like, even if you're not even a Battletech fan, the casting was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of weird to say that about a Kickstarter because you should be expecting amazing. You know, uh, you should be. Ex- no, no. Well, let me. Refer- oh, Death from Above. Death from Above Wargaming. That's the name. Got it. Death from Above Wargaming. Um, like, you're kickstarting something. You expect at least some sort of a good product, right? And so when they were unboxing this stuff, they were like, I mean, I even was watching it. I'm like, God damn, I wish I kickstarted this. And this is kind of what fueled my fire to sell a lot of my metal mechs and just start buying the plastic ones. Because the big thing with my metal mechs was that they were Mark Warrior Online designs. Now, obviously... Catalyst can't steal the MechWarrior Online Designs. That's two different companies that goes into, um, whatchamacallit? IP, uh, cop, it's got, IP, it's, uh, IP, corporate, yeah. yeah, yeah. But those redesigns were very close to the MWO designs for good reason. They were much more modern. And I was like, screw it. Let me buy the plastic ones. They're cheaper than the metal ones. And they don't chip. And lo and behold, boom. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's one of those Kickstarters where it, it funded way above its means, Right. 
Wait, no, sorry, other way around. It funded way above what it asked for. Mm-hmm. It delivered on those promises somewhat in time because some people got delays of like four months, five months. But again, some people said, and like, it's just really weird to kind of just be like, this is, and it's so weird to say it about Battletech because Battletech is such an old game, right? That can it help is, it though because it's never yeah. gone away in that time. It's always been there. It's not always necessarily in people's yeah. forefront. Uh, for like say the average gamer, but most people who play war games have tried BattleTech or owned some BattleTech or are aware of it, and then you put out like, "Hey, we're just redoing a bunch of models. Like, why don't you like robots? Go and get some robots." Yeah, it went so That's well. Their exactly second Kickstarter was seven point five million. I was just gonna, and then I was just yeah. gonna say, so they released a second Kickstarter. Now the second Kickstarter, the first Kickstarter was a glorious success. Period. Now the second Kickstarter just finished, so they just. Why can I find it? The hell? It, it's it's there. It's Biotech Mercenaries, Biotech Coal yeah, and I, Space I, Mercenaries. It's there. Oh, I'm on know. it right now. Yeah, it's further so, down on the page, which is weird, but it's there. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's not popping up on. Yeah. Oh, there it is. So yeah, so they released a second Kickstarter, and I think it was started last year. Yeah, it was last year. Uh, and it just got fun. It just got funded, and this one again, they were asking fifty thousand, so another twenty thousand. This one play. This one got seven point five million. Yeah, as they said, it's, it's just they posted <laughs> it's currently as of time of funding within the top 20 of Kickstarters for amount just, of money. And again, for people who love Battletech, like myself, if someone again were to tell me that someone th- that they were ki- they raised $7.5 million for Battletech, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way. Because Battletech was always one of those fringe, old people play those games, you know? Yeah. And this second Kickstarter, I, I'm going to, I don't know why it was, I could t- guess why it was successful. This time they were like, remember those tanks that really look ugly and they're super 80s designs and they just kind of look not great they look like cobra commander tanks well we're gonna redesign the tanks now and just uh, so each box comes with around one two three four uh eight so each box comes with eight tanks or four designs i should say four designs of tanks so just to give you an idea one two three four five six and then hold on gotta go scroll down because there were more seven eight nine boxes of new tanks so nine times four, you got yourself all of a sudden 36 new designs of tanks. And it's just like, what? The, and then on top of that, they also did mechs too. Oh, and VTOLs. I forgot that they added VTOLs in this. Yeah. Um, but on top of, by the way, doing more intersphere mechs and doing more clan mechs. Um, and again, the box is not bad. Just the mercenary box loans. So this is a box that's going to show up in stores, right? So this is a normal-sized mercenary box, just like the Alpha Strike box. The mercenary box, you're getting, what, one, two, three, four tanks, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight mechs, the rule book, a novel that no one cares about, the Alpha Strike cards, the normal rule book, support cards. Oh, they're getting Stop hitting support your cards? arm on that thing. I'm oh, sorry. Every single time. They, oh, man. I should have asked Franco to buy this for me then. I, would have put, I didn't know they were getting Battlefield support cards. That's awesome. Anyway, point is, you're, the box is still a good. It's still a good deal. So it's just like, um, it, it's just this is a company that I'm hoping is successful because I love Battletech. But this is a company that played it to its people, but then when they got a huge induction of new people wanting to play, played to the new people as well while still catering to the old. And that's hard to do. It's hard to please both. The old crowd, uh, what do we call them? 
Grognards, right? Grognards is, that is normal. But that's yeah. usually it, when you when you think about it, that's also a negative connotation. Yeah, it is a negative, but it's it's hard yeah. to please because they're always the complainers, right? Oh, this is not the mountain. That, that type remember. of if you yeah. name the grognard, yes. But when the Kickstarter, when this Kickstarter went off and I checked Facebook religiously, no one complained. No one complained about this Kickstarter. People were like, I love the new designs. This is great. Oh, there was complaints about like, oh my God, why are they giving me Alpha Strike? This game sucks. So there was still that, of course. But no one really complained, yeah. <laughs> which is hard to, exp- like, it's hard to, you because, um, you know, you come from Games Workshop and you always hear either old people complaining or the new players complaining. But here it was just like new players love the new designs. The old players love the new designs. Well, it goes back to the old mantra. Yeah. There's only two things that we're gamers hate, change and the lack of change. And weirdly enough, Battletech, and actually I think Battletech blows, plays both fields. They play literally the middle of the net. Their game rules have been the same since the 80s, uh, yes. uh, unless it's like minor, minor, minor it's, no, changes. It's been, it's been clarifications about the only yeah, change you've ever had so or it's adding same, rules. So literally, and this is an old joke, when my friend Franco brought Battletech to the store, this was before COVID, right? This would have been 2019, right? Yeah. Brought Battletech to the store. We were all playing a massive game. Dave was in that game. I was. I still remember how to play from back when I was 12 years old. The rules never changed. No. I was no, just but- like... For anyone who doesn't know, we're not being facetious with this. It nope. has actually been the same rule set for the entire history of Battletech. Now, there's a really big FAQ document to it to explain things and and to help clarify. And most people, when they play Battletech, do not play it like the 100% rules. Battletech actually has like a tier list of oh the my rules God, you yes. add in. Yes, it does. It does. Because at the highest level, you know, you're... At the highest level, you're essentially going pure simulation. So you are looking at, okay, I am this much distance above you. I am at this particular angle. Like it starts to get a little too much. Here, so most people play oh, about one below you. that. I got you. You rip. You blew someone's leg off, or blew someone's arm off. You can now enter that hex, pick up said arm, use it as a makeshift weapon, as a club, which also has rules. And depending on the weight of said mech and said arm and ornaments and ammunition in arm, it can explode when being hit. Yeah. That's the kind of level of simulation if you really want to go crazy. It's the sort of game, though, what they did well was if there's something you want to do or something you're wondering, I wonder how that works. It is in the rules. If you it look is enough, there. it's there. Oh, yeah. You want to <laughs> jump and land on a helicopter. The rules are in there. They explain oh, yeah. how do you want to do you want to shut down your mech in the basement of a building, have someone go by and then burst through the building like some weird like surprise breeding It's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and the building will crash down on you. And there are rules for that as well. <laughs> yeah. So that that was that one was a, 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 a very big success. And yes, there's a lot of people now waiting for some more models to come out. I'm going to be curious when it starts going to stores, how it does there. But I'm very excited to see what they do with it. All right. Um, that one was quite good. Let me look at some other ones. Let's go with because this will be very fast. A quick uh, mixed one. Uh, did you ever play Dead Zone? No, but I've seen it in the store all the time. Not played, just the boxes. Uh, Steve's played it. <laughs> I've um, seen I, it. I like the terrain. Is it terrain the one that we have in the store that's like light blue and it's a bunch of gantries? That's Dead Zone, right? It stacks really tall. It's the big thing with Dead Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the terrain. So, so Dead Zone was a decent number of years back. I don't have the exact year in front of me. It's Mantic Games. Mantic seemed to only ever have kind of success with most of their stuff. Um, it did raise $1.2 million at the time. And the big thing with Dead Zone, I, I can't go too much into exactly how the game is played, but I know 
It's a small skirmish style game. And the biggest thing with Dead Zone is that your levels and all of that truly matter. So this is a game where you're stacking buildings like three tall. So me being on the third floor, shooting down to the second floor has all these sorts of advantages. And also it was very uh, supposed to be in terms of height based. So you're really supposed to move around like that. Decent number of factions and all. Um, I put this one very quickly under mixed success as a miniatures game, skirmish miniatures game here, because it's still around. You can still get it. it it's still produced. But I just don't know anyone who plays it. I, I know people who loved it and backed the Kickstarter. No one plays it. I don't see it at stores. I go to like four or five different game stores. I never hear it seen, talked about. It's not talked about in any circles. Oh, I didn't realize this game, it was supposed to be delivered in 2013. So we are actually going quite a bit back. We're probably going 2012, 2011 sort of time frame. But it's still around. I mean, their most recent update was like a year ago. Not even a year ago. Uh, I literally can't tell you who plays the game. You're telling me, Steve, yeah. and I'm like, I've never seen him. Uh, it's been quite a while, but he has it. Okay. Um, yeah, they're talking about back in 2019, time to dust off your Dead Zone minis. Escalation is here. Um, so there was a whole bunch of new Dead Zone stuff and all of that. So they were they were still working with the game. So they are still the game is still active. I just don't think it's much of an active community, but that's the unfortunate part for Mantic Games. A lot of times their games don't have huge active communities. Um, they don't seem to try and do that they i don't know if this is intentional but to me it kind of seems sometimes like mantic is happy to kind of get the scraps and just leave it there back when uh gw blew up warhammer and literally literally blew up the world mantic came forward and they were like hey um we we have a game it's fantasy based we're going to give you rules that you could use all your current miniatures with please do you have all those things and um, you can come over and like we'll give you the rules for free. And if you want to use our models, that's great. But if not, we got rules. You can just come play this game. So like, I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to capitalize on this, maybe get some people to buy their miniatures, and their miniatures can be very hit and miss. Um, but not much happened with that. More recently, what was the game recently that they like? We were going to come out with this game, but then we didn't. Oh, for um, they're now selling their STLs for Dreadfleet or um no Armada sorry Dreadfleet's the GW one Armada it's a water a ship based game but there's another game where they were about to come out with one I think it was oh yes I remember what it was they put out on their website about this they apparently had been testing and working on their own version of uh Epic much like GW's about to do Epic 40k again essentially or Epic 30k they were doing their own form of epic and all. And when that was about ready to like to tell the public all about it, GW showed theirs. And they looked at the information and said, ours is pretty similar. So they're not coming out the same way. I think they might be just releasing the rules and then maybe selling STLs or something. I forget exactly what they're doing with it, but they essentially abandoned it. Um, so that was theirs. Um... Another one I'll do briefly, and then we'll maybe go on so you can talk about one of the ones that was a little bit bigger. Oh, one of the other ones from them. Let's actually keep discussing them. Walking Dead Miniatures Game. So they did the Walking Dead Miniatures Game. Uh, I know we have it in store. I This is one I have never seen anyone play. Is this the one I like? Wait, okay. So I confu- this is not the one where you set up like, like prefabricated cardboard tiles, and then like you no, have four players, and there's like a flashlight no you're thinking zombicide 
Zombicide. All right, never mind. So Zombicide has had very successful Kickstarters, but no. Um, The Walking Dead, it's based off of the comic, more of the comic than the TV show, but really off of that, The Walking Dead. This was back in 2017, made up just about $700,000, as I put it up here for anyone who's watching. Um, It was a small skirmish type game um, with various factions and all. They had the various walkers and everything. Um, I put this one as mixed because it was around for a while, about five years. They stopped it in 2022. But the reason they stopped it is because they ran out of material, essentially. Now, I don't know if it was going that well for them in general. But I'm sure there's people who like The Walking Dead, so I'm sure it had a decent following. But they said, like, hey, we've went through all the big things from the comic. The com- For anyone who doesn't know, I'm not going to spoil how The Walking Dead comic ends. But The Walking Dead comic does end. And they said, we've went through all the stuff in there anything else we'd have to make things up so we talked with kirkman and like no it's done because to put this out they did talk to robert kirkman the um writer and originator of the walking dead and with his help they put all this together and then they decided we've went through it all it's done and i honestly i give them credit for that i give them credit for saying we don't want to make up a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense it's not in the lore and in the world you know we've went through we've done all the characters we're set and if you do look through, they show the comic art. It is actually purely comic-based. I can't speak to how it plays, though. I've never tried it. It looks cool. I wouldn't mind having tried it at some point. But, you know, I know it's skirmish-based. I know you can. I know there's, like, noise mechanics and the walkers key in on noise. But more than that, personally, I just don't know. All right. Um, why don't you talk about drop fleet drop fleet so drop fleet commander was the kickstarter uh from hawk war games before now it's a different company but hawk war games before uh and it was basically supposed to be the ship or space combat version of um drop Drop zone Zone was drop zone kickstarter no drop zone was was normal Drop okay. Zone was a normal release. Okay, I wasn't sure. Drop Fleet was to Kickstarter. So got got that up here this right got a lot of really good press because you had a couple. First of all, they had Andy Chambers on board. So for people who don't know who Andy Chambers is, Andy Chambers is the genius behind Battlefleet Gothic. Yeah. So throwing his name in and saying he was helping us write the rules, already like people gobbled that up, right? Yeah. That was that was already like <laughs> people had their eye on it. Um so that was one. Then they started showing the miniatures, and the miniatures actually don't look too bad. The UCM has a very... So there's four factions. There is, for now, they actually uh, released another faction later, but that's not part of the Kickstarter. Um, so the four factions are the UCM. So this is the um, the humans, essentially. Yeah. I should probably also pause and say a little bit about the lore. Essentially, the lore is uh, humans... Um, basically were warned by these porcupines aliens mm-hmm. that the this alien species was coming to invade earth uh and then also they were warned by this big glowing sphere some humans basically followed the glowing sphere and disappeared forever they're the traitors of the human race we'll talk about them later some humans stayed behind to fight they got their asses handed to them and they got kicked out of earth uh, some and then the resistance of the humans that stayed, so on and so forth. But the UCM, so you have the United Colonies of Mankind. These are literally the humans that survived the, the scourge invasion and were able to uh, to basically. And their UCM ships look 
how do I explain these? So they have a very Battlefleet Gothic approach to them where you have a lot of the antennas sticking downward, right? They're very, but they're very also regal, I guess is the way to put them. They have a very... Halo-esque even? Halo-esque, yes. I would say what you think of the old classic 1980s, you know, movie sort of view of what they thought spaceships were going to be. When you think of aliens and stuff like that, it kind of fits those sort of looks. So that's the UCM. It, it very, the, the, I, they're one of my more favorite factions. What they look like too, but they're the, the antennas are sticking down. They look like an actual human vessel. You have the scourge. So the scourge are an alien species. They, if you, anyone ever watched uh, Animorphs, these are slugs that go in your brain and control you essentially. So they don't actually have. They're just slugs. Their ships look tentacly. Is the yeah, they, best they, way to put it? Yeah, it's an underwater yeah. sort of creature. Is the way they look. Looks like a looks like a squid flying forward. Very creepy. Yeah. You have the Shaltari. These are the porcupines I mentioned before. I don't like the look of their ships, but they're very tribal they're, looking. The biggest problem, and were they part of the Kickstarter? Yes, they were. Mm, Shaltari I'm not Starter seeing Fleet. Them. You gotta scroll down. They were oh, unlocked. I'm real far down. Oh, they're super far down. Yeah, oh, Shalt- they were the 35 dogs. Okay. Yeah, they were unlocked. Shaltari Starter Fleet. Oh, yeah, Again, they and, and they look very there. tribal, but it's to um, me it's the color choices they do i don't yeah, think the it is them at all. they look cool like the the battle cruiser looks awesome but it's, and then you have the phr these are the humans that i talked about before who escaped earth with the white sphere they came back with superior technology superior everything nanotechnology these actually think infinity funny enough like the human sphere these guys are basically that um and they look like um oh god how the hell do you explain the phr Beluga um, whales they with broadsides. are sides. the Covenant ships from Halo. Oh, okay. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's exactly what they that's are. Beluga, beluga whales with broadsides. Yeah. And the Kickstarter came out with a bunch of stuff. We're talking shirts. They had amazing, because I, I bought these amazing little tokens. Because the whole point of the game is that you were, you know, you're not really, it's not deep space combat. It was you're dropping troops on the planet, right? And the way you won was controlling sectors of the planet so they came out with like sector packs they came out with torpedoes and like bombers and fighters you put on the table they came out with a a a terrain pack which is basically little tiny miniature cities right or miniature military sectors you put on the map so the kickstarter came out with a bunch of stuff um and fun fact this was the first kickstarter i ever backed i think this was before exploding kittens i'm not sure which came first but I think this came before Exploding Kittens yeah. for me. So this was the first, my first foray into backing a Kickstarter. So I was nervous as hell, to be quite honest. Um, but I liked the way the game played. I saw what they did, right? It was, it, anyway, moving on. Yeah. So um, the Kickstarter was resounding success. Uh, 629 out of four. So they started at 40,000. They got 629,000. So Pounds. resounding success. Pounds, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's still being played today. There are still releases today for Drop Zone mm. and Drop Fleet. Yes. Um, so, and like I said, they released. So, one of the new races they released were the Resistance Fleet, which <laughs> they're fun because they literally are. It's Lego pieces that you build together and you say, This is my battleship. Yeah. It's literally you get 36 pieces, build it how you want. Here's a battleship. So, none of them ever look the same, which is pretty freaking awesome, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but that's the resistance fleet that came out. They came out with new, I think they even came out with new battle cruisers for, or no, it was new. They're not called destroyers. They're called, um, 
Ah, uh, it's gonna drive me up the yeah, wall. Some class of ships, but they have some class of ships. Yeah. Yeah. and they again, and they've been designed and designed. So this is a game that is alive and doing well. Um, same with Drop Zone Commander. So it's still alive. So this is a successful campaign. However, but 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 the problem was that when this game came out uh, or got funded, it took a long time for people to get their stuff. Hmm. This is this was one of the ones where you had to wait at almost a year after the promise date for the finalized people got their stuff. This so was this, yeah, the, maybe a question related to that then is was if you got your stuff was I waiting long from when you got your stuff to I got mine or everyone was about a year in because that's for no, Kickstarter no, 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 a year no. later so is not I, that bad. So I got mine around three or four months after the promise date. Okay. I know Scott, another friend of ours, got his around four to five months. Some people was a year or two years. Oh, okay. So it was, depending on like what you ordered and stuff like that, yes. I might have got my stuff and you might not get your stuff. Okay, that I don't like. Because if it just takes which, a while, that's one thing. Which but. which it was it was basically staggered, right? Yeah. And it, there was no rhyme or reason. Like I could have ordered the same thing as you and I would have gotten mine like six months before you did, which oh, wow. rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And it, this is a company who already had had problems with selling their stuff in the United States. When Drop Zone Commander came out, it was absolutely impossible to find it distributed to local uh, hobby shops because no one distributed in the United States. There was no United States distributor. You basically had to order it from the UK, Hmm. right? Which, no, I don't want to pay pounds and then the shipping from the UK. And Drop Fleet Commander seemed to follow the same absolute same problem where Mm -hmm. it took forever to ship and then it was staggered shipping and people just wanted their ships and didn't get it in time but the good news is it didn't really break the game um there's still it's there still shows up at conventions there are still tournaments for it but mostly in the uk this is not a u.s based game mostly this is mostly uk game but People still played in the UK. There's still tournaments in the UK. It's still played in conventions. So it's successful. It still makes money. But I still want to put it mixed because... No, it's absolutely mixed. Yeah, it could have just done so much better in the United States, but because of this... this or it's worldwide. It's definitely... Worldwide, okay, it's yeah. big in the UK. It's not big elsewhere. It's not a yeah. game that you're going to easily find people for. Now, maybe you find a particular community where it's big, but if you, if you live... like. As I was, I was telling the guy when I was teaching 30K last night, I said, here's the problem with most other games. You want to play 40K tonight, tomorrow, walk into any game store, you'll get 40K. You want something else? Kind of depends. And some games get big in certain areas, and some games are very big graphically. Drop Fleet is not. You want to play Drop Fleet, you better get you and your friends into it, because otherwise you're probably exactly. not going to have anyone to play but with. But then the problem is, and I said this before, you want to get your friends into it? You got to find a distributor. Now, the good yeah. news is distribution has started to pick up in the United States. I know my, when a friend of mine started buying Drop Fleet Commander, the UCM, mm-hmm. and he was able to get it for actually pretty cheap from a distributor. So it seems like distributors are starting to carry it, but it's not brick and mortar. It's mm-hmm. more of the guys who have um, like an online store, an online yeah. presence. So that's the problem. I can't walk into like Maplewood Hobby and just be like, I want to buy this. I would have to actually order it online, which again, I don't want to do. You know, I want to see the box. I want to see it on the shelf. Look at the ship. You know what I mean? Which we can't do. Um, 
but it's doing well enough that OTT Combat is the one who bought it, by the way. I should have mentioned that before. Yeah. It, it's doing well enough that they are still making chips. Like I'm looking at right now, like new releases. They they oh, they just redid all the bases. That's right. So they now have clear acrylic bases with the arcs on them. They released one, two, three, three, four new battleships. Mm-hmm. They released uh space stations that are are specific to the race you're playing. And one of the newest releases is that they did a new starter set and they have a new uh, resistance battleship, which actually looks pretty cool. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It, it looks very much like a, a what, what's that anime that had the battleship in space? Yamato? Was it Yamato? Yamato? It looks like a Yamato battleship, right. which I'm all for. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's doing well. Well, it's just the game. What I would say is yeah. the game is still out. It's doing well in certain areas. The game is still an exceedingly small game, and yeah, we'll see what happens from there. Hopefully, it does. Maybe if ever it is better in terms of the U.S. Uh, Infinity's going to do their Kickstarter soon. Otherwise, I would consider it. That's but, and that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, that's just yeah because Infinity right. seems to be more popular. Um, let's talk about success very briefly because if if you're watching, I pulled this up because um, I thought it fit the timing. Uh, a Song of Ice and Fire. So this is another Simon game. Um, this came out back in 2017. It launched essentially with the Stark and Lannister box. They made 1.69 million. Um, keep in mind, 2017, uh, this, you know, ships uh, the following year. So this is sort of around the height of the show. Um, maybe a little before or after, but essentially when the show was still around. This is a game that's still there. Um, they came out with that. They came out with these two boxes. They had a bunch of support packs and they had a bunch of neutrals. For anyone who hasn't played this game, um, this is based off of Gerard Martin. It is based off of the books, not really the show. And the way the game is played is you have a set amount of points. Your points are made up between field units, units that you put down on the battlefield to fight each other, and NCU, so non-combat units. So that's where you get your, you know, Varuses or little fingers and things like that. And the game is played as an alternating activation. And when it's your turn, you either activate one of your units that's on the board that has not gone this round, or one of your NCUs that's hanging off on the side, and they go to their own special board. There's a board of essentially what things that your non-combat characters do. So one of the spots, because they go there, they can let one of your units attack, or one of your units maybe move, or put some conditions down, or grab some cards, because there's also a game where you have some cards that give you special abilities, and those cards are faction-dependent. Um, your units are essentially a block of miniatures that count as a stat block. As you lose ranks of miniatures, because most groups are three ranks, your amount of attacks change and things like that. Um, I've played the game. I have a bunch of it upstairs. Um, I do really enjoy it. I just don't play it much. I'm, I'm actually been trying to sell some of the stuff because I just don't currently play it. I played it a lot during pandemic because I played it online. I played in the various leagues and things like that. Um, I just I got too many games going on right now, and there's not enough of a community around me. I could find the games, but with all the other ones I'm playing, I'm I'm fine dropping it for now. But this one I absolutely put down as success. This game is still getting supported. They just got a new faction. They're up to eight. They just got Martels. And they technically just got um, neutrals. They got a Bolton faction. They're the neutrals, but now they actually have a pure Bolton faction. So I guess you can almost say nine, um, depending on how they count it. Still gets updates. They still do, I don't know how often they do the the big updates. They do big updates every year, updating everything or everything that needs to. And then the new smaller updates here is needed. 
they still have the same seam on problem that it probably needs more balancing or more tension than it gets. So it's pretty good. But for like for a while, um, Night's Watch was very strong. And then when they made the changes, they didn't do enough. And Night's Watch was still really good. So there, there is sort of that some factions get too high up. Martells were really high up there for a while. Now they're coming back down. Same thing with um, Targaryens at one point when Dragons first came out. If I'm playing Dragons and you're playing, say, Baratheons, and we both play normal games, we're both intelligent people, we make normal game decisions, you're not beating me. I will win. Unless I do something, the worst idea ever, or I roll nothing but ones all day, I will win the game. You will not win. So, like, when they came out, a bit too crazy. Which is a shame, because they were great models, and I liked using them, because I liked playing Targaryens. Um, but I will absolutely put the game as a success. It could be bigger, but it's still pretty big. They still get constant updates. They're getting brand new factions. And uh, honestly, it, it's a lot of fun. The game itself is also quite good. Um, we talked positive for a while. We talked bad. Do you know anything about Relic Knights? I have no idea what that is. Really? No, I, I've right. never heard of it. Never heard of it. So Relic Knights was back from 2013. Okay. Um, this was anime look, um, anime slash sometimes chibi, but more anime look. They made just about a million dollars. Um, is this soda pop miniatures? Uh, that did relic knights. I think was it the same originally? guys who did dungeon super dungeon explorer. The game uh, I absolutely love. It was it was soda pop, but published by Simon. Uh, and they've, they've gotten a second edition now i will say that <laughs> so here's why the first one was an utter failure this was twofold and their one problem was the same as that problem that we talked about of like oh you put out too much stuff there's nothing left this was a game that legitimate year before new stuff came out potentially longer for certain factions but as i'm kind of scrolling through if you end up watching it um, I know the game was not dice-based. I know it was like card-based and all. I don't know much of the game because I'm not really anime, that level type of person. I like anime stuff, but not, not so much in my games. You're not a weeb. No, no. And this game was pretty weeby. Um, <laughs> but they do have their various factions and all. There was some issues with balance in the game. There was talk. Oh, like the one I just went through, uh, Black Diamond. It's There's a giant mech suit and what looks to be almost like a pinup girl who's actually you know, the one driving it hanging halfway out. So, like, that's just the look of this game. But one giant issue they had was that, I said, after stuff came out, there was nothing for about a year. Which, again, stores don't want to support it. Oh, we're going to hold events, we're going to do stuff, we're going to try to get players in, and I can't sell you anything. You could. It's not like they even sold other stuff. It was the Kickstarter stuff, and then there was nothing that you couldn't even buy, you know, so you only had people who got Kickstarter things. The other problem, and this they were notorious on in the beginning, um, if you looked at some of the models, which in the base thing, I'm not seeing any actual painted models. I'm sure they have them. But the base painted models, when you looked at their studio paint schemes, looked really nice. You look at it like, oh man, that's great, great looking stuff. Do you remember um, original Tau Fire Warriors? Have you ever painted an original Tau Fire Warrior? Yeah. I actually had, that was my first army when I started What's 40K. What's the big problem with Tau Fire Warriors, the original ones? Oh, I don't remember. That was you're talking to someone who played that when they first came out in okay. fourth edition, third edition actually. Sorry. So the big problem with Tau Fire Warriors when they first came out 
was the fact that if you actually looked at, say, the shoulder pads or on their knees, any of these sore spots where that pads, when they painted it, they looked really good. It looked like it had all this detail and all. It didn't. They were almost purely flat. They were painted on details. These models had the same problem. So all the detail that you saw on the models was painted on detail. So giant armor plates where they're putting all this looking detail on it. No, they're just giant flat pieces. And they didn't tell you any of this. So the models, now, a good painter will always make a model look better. But a good model, you can tell these models were just garbage. So the game, not greatly balanced. The model's pretty bad. And there was nothing, if you didn't do Kickstarter, nothing to buy for a year. Died on the vine. Game just went away. That's the reason why you don't know anything about it. Now, they did do a second edition back in, I believe it was 2018. So they said, hey, we want to do this. And one of the things, actually, if you read through this, I'm not going to read it, but if you read through it, one of their big things is like, we want to do good-looking miniatures. We're going to improve these miniatures. So like, um, oh, they mentioned here, the goal of it is to fund a brand new, a new edition of Relic Knights, new rule book, re-sculpts, um, all models to expand, customize your forces, and expansion book. This one was successful, about $380,000. Um, I've never seen it played anywhere. I don't know what happened to it more of. Uh, I don't know how well it went. If I look at updates, update just says Relic Knights. Uh, back, oh, maybe it's not out yet. Uh, the things they're saying, their most recent update says that in our continued step-by-step -step focus on delivery, we're pleased to announce we are starting to manufacture the miniatures for the two-player starter set. We will soon have these available for backers and sale via our online store back in 2021. So here's a fun fact. Because uh, so, you mentioned Soda Pop Miniatures. Soda Pop Miniatures had a Kickstarter. And I still think people are still waiting for it from like 2016, 2017. What was it for? So I can't remember for the life of Is me. Is it? Let me look I at some think comments. It was something which, yeah, I was going to say, check Soda Pop Miniatures because if I remember correctly, they pissed off a lot of people. Like a hell of a lot of people because they still haven't delivered some of their shit. Like it's just gone in the wind kind of stuff. So something at least on this, I don't want to scroll too far in case someone puts anything too crazy out. But one of the people said, um, they saw them on Facebook. Um, they'll give us an update when things change. They've been asking for two years for an update. They see that there's new products selling, but no word on Kickstarter progress. So it kind of seems like they use the Kickstarter. They started selling stuff. But if you did Kickstarter things, you might not have gotten all your stuff even now. Yep. That wow. that. I think this is, yep. Good. Okay. So I was on the money with that. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Looking at this it. This is the one. Um, that's what so then like, I yeah. have heard of Relic Knights. This is the one that people complained about, that people literally have not gotten their product yet. Oof. Yeah. People trying to get refunds, not getting their refunds back. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Okay, this is, this so it's a exactly failure on multiple accounts. The, the game failed. Oh, yeah. And then now you might, if you kickstart, it might've been the worst way to do it. Yep. Because you didn't get any of your money back and you can't refund. All right, good. I'm glad I was, I was vindicated in what I was thinking. I didn't want to say anything. No, say but it. no, no, it's it. not that. Cause I was, I didn't want to say anything like erroneous, but I was like, I feel like this is check. the company. I yeah. I feel like this is the company. No, All right, it good. is. All right. Well, so, I mean, that you'll, sucks. You'll always get to hearing that. <laughs> Kickstarter's not a pre-order system and, and all that kind of stuff. Yes. But at the same point, when you're an established company and I give you money, I expect to get my stuff sooner or later. 
we're talking about you know five years later and if you did the kickstarter you might still be out of luck on getting your stuff where other people are getting things so yeah relic knights big big old flop in many many ways um let's see other ones to talk about very quickly um do you know anything about the street fighter miniatures game nope nope you don't know nope, anything nope, nope. do you I put all this. In I don't really. Notes. I don't really. I don't really kickstart that often. I kickstart I stuff when it because it scares me. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to kickstart something and like lose my money. That that would piss me off to no end. But, yeah, but it's. I mean, I will go. I've kickstarted. I don't know twenty things. I've only ever lost my money once, and it wasn't much. I it was somewhat cheap. I was actually kickstarted for. They were two d six dice. So it was a die, but it had faces for like a 2D6 oh, kind of thing on it. Oh, yeah, like what John has. Oh, man, I yeah. want those so bad. I kickstarted for one of those them. many, many years ago. It funded a par- what what we were told happened. And I do believe it because there's enough people in there who are like, I do know some of this. They kind of know some things. Um, what ended up happening was it was like two guys working together. Once they were produced, the one guy who had the main account on Kickstarter took the dice and ran. And then he stopped going on, and the guy's like, well, I can't access the Kickstarter, because he sent responses through a different thing he posted in. He's like, I don't have access to Kickstarter, so I, I can't do anything with that. He's like, and he took all the dice, so I don't even have those to give you guys. He was able to print some off and give some away. That one I had failed. One other Kickstarter was like, just didn't work what happened, well. What happened, what happened to the other guy? Did he just like... Uh, he, he left. He said he never heard from him again. Wow. The guy like ran That's away. Str- Whoa. The... um. The Street Fighter one, another, I, I would say success or at least mixed because I don't know if it's that big, but it, you know, launched a couple of years back, came out, they made a little over $2 million, so successful in that. Um, if you don't know who, so then you don't know who the person is, do you know who Joe Vargas is? Uh, nope. Do you watch video game reviewers at all? No, the only I'm going to date myself. The only video game reviewer I ever watched, yeah, was Total Biscuit. Okay, um, Joe Vargas is Angry Joe. Oh, oh, I know Angry Joe. Okay, yes. I didn't know his real name. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah I that's know Angry name. Joe. So he's the one. Him and his, uh, a friend, or maybe some friends. They only they only list a few names. They're the ones who actually put out the Street Fighter uh, miniatures game. Okay. Yep. Um, the I because I I watch him on Twitch at times. So when it was first coming out, he was showing it off and things like that. So um, I'm I'm putting it as a somewhat success because it got a good amount of money. I I just and I I know some people who do have it. I just don't know if they're doing much else with it. And I know he's been trying to get some other ones done, not necessarily a, a Street Fighter, some other ones as well. I've heard him talk about, but from what I can tell, the people who got it really loved it. It was pre-painted and pre-painted very well, which is nice. For anyone who doesn't know, um, Joe does do some miniatures games, more more video games. He does do some miniatures, but they don't paint them. They lose to get people to paint them and all. So I think that was an important thing for him is to kind of like, you can take it out of the box and play games. And I want to make sure it looks cool for you. You don't have to actually sit down and paint all this stuff, but they do actually look really cool. So that was one that actually worked. Again, I don't know. Um, I don't know where it's sitting right now, but it did actually work very well. Okay. Um, you put down Exploding Kids. I think you put that down. It's not miniature-based, but it's because you actually kickstarted it, and I think you were just yep. happy that you actually spent money on something and it worked. Yep. How many kickstarters have you done? How many Two. total? Two? Two. Well, technically, right. so here's the thing. Technically four, because I gave money to other people to kickstart it for me. Okay. Like, Battle, like Battletech. Okay. Right? Yeah. I never kickstarted Battletech, 
but I paid someone to 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 basically buy the stuff in the Kickstarter for me, essentially. Okay. So yeah. technically four, two Battletech Exploded yeah. Kittens and Drop Yeah, your money has been tied up into four of them. Yes, essentially. That's how, okay. that's a good way to put it. Um, what were you going to ask me, though? No, no. <laughs> you, I, was, if you want to say briefly oh. about Exploding Kittens, like I said, oh, I knew yeah. you wrote so it was, down because I, you I, bought I it. So I cannot remember if this was the first one I backed or Drop Fleet was the first one I backed. I literally cannot remember. Probably Exploding Kittens. It's a bit older than you think. Okay. Um, I remember when this came out, it was a big thing. I love the oatmeal. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I've never heard of Kickstarter before. Let me do it. Backed it. I put, I think, a good amount. Like, it was the $100 amount or the $200 amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. It came on time, right? Yeah. Again, very rare for a Kickstarter. Well, it came the, on time. the oatmeal, the way they do their Kickstarters, because they've done other ones, they pretty much have the product is ready. We're doing this so we can we can print it and fund it, but we're not using this to build up. We have what we want. We just need to be able to afford to get it done. Exactly. That's why. Um, so yeah, it, it it printed on time and everything. And I remember he was like, so he was like, it really made me happy because it was like, well, you're gonna get a secret thing. And no one knew what it was because he didn't actually put it on the Kickstarter. Because everyone who backed it gets a secret thing, and that secret thing was that when you get it, it came with like a card box, and when you open it, the card box meowed. Yes. Now listen, is that stupid? Yeah. Is that stupid? Absolutely. Was it like completely unheard of and un- like not needed? Absolutely. But it made me happy. Like it was something cool. Like, hey, this is a neat thing, like a neat surprise. You know? And that that was a very good experience for a Kickstarter, because I know it kickstarted well. I don't have it pulled up. Eight point right seven million. Oh Jesus. Yeah. So it kickstarted very well. What was he asking? What was the original? Uh, it like, doesn't matter what the original is. But keep in mind getting, when you yeah. do a Kickstarter. What often people do is they put a very low original so that way they can sing, say things like funded in a day, 10 times funded and stuff like that. The original asking amount is usually not important for big Kickstarters because they know it's going to get big. They just put small because they love to say things like funded in an hour, funded in in the first two hours. So, yeah, whatever they say in the beginning is irrelevant. Got it, got it. Yeah. But, you know, and again, that was just for me. And again, that was a very positive experience. I got a neat little meow meow box. The cards were great. The game is actually great. I still play the game. Yeah. No, the game is actually really good. We played, I played with my parents and my, and my sister and stuff. Yeah. It's a fun as hell game. Um, <laughs> it's, it does break up. It does turn into fights, which is great. Uh, not Monopoly level fights, but definitely cursing. Hmm. Um, but no, that's a Kickstarter. It's not a miniature game, but I just that, it is a successful Kickstarter. Yeah, you play any of the other ones, uh, Bears versus Babies, or anything no, like that? No, I. So I've not I have been able Bears versus Babies. It's fun. Um, <laughs> the, the thing in that game is you are a base like torso welding different parts on you to be able to take down babies. There's different baby cards, and you're trying to be the one who gets the most baby cards. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, they, that's, they have a bunch of other ones they've done. If you actually look at their stuff, they have quite a few. But they did quite well with that. Um, you wrote down about Kingdom Death, if you want to discuss anything about Kingdom Death. <laughs> oh, apologies. So, hold on. <coughs> Sorry. So, Kingdom Death is weird. So, let's talk about Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death is very weird. I've played it. It's really weird. It's a gr- So, first of all, let's talk about it before the Kickstarter even happened. Kingdom Death was not a game it was basically a miniatures company and for yes. those who have never seen their models pause the video uh pause the podcast just open up your open up your phone if you have internet access and just look at the kingdom death models and then come back to us with a new horrified like horrified glee their models are some of the creepiest models i have ever seen 
in my entire life of playing miniatures. Oh, yeah. They have they, their models are now creepy, like in a good way and bad way. Like creepy, like you are revolted, but you just want more. Like my favorite is uh, Baby Hands with the angler. Uh, he's got like little human. I think he's got human hands. It's a baby walking on all fours with human hands, right? Like big hands. And he's got an angler on the top of his uh, head, like an mm. angler probe. And his mouth is disjointed. Like he's going to swallow you whole. It is horrifying. But I want it. <laughs> like, yeah, I want it. Um, so the problem with Kingdom Death, the company before they started was that. Um, for anyone they're... watching, oh. um, we have it up. This is a Gorm expansion. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah. their models were impossible to get. Absolutely impossible. They would sell out immediately on the website. And good luck if you ever find it on on eBay or anything. They are impossible to find. And they're extremely expensive. So the Kickstarter comes out and people are like, oh, this is awesome. I can now you know, uh, do the Kickstarter, um, get the models I want, and it turns into a game. So game-wise, I've played it twice. It is a very interesting game. Actually, Dave, you want to explain how the game is played? Because you're much better at explaining. Because I was going to say, it's been a while since I've done it. So okay. the game is essentially played in two stages. Stage one is the town phase. Yep. Um, you are building up your city. You and, and part of the reason I didn't like the game quite as much is because when I played it, we spent most of the time in the town phase, but I wasn't part of their campaign. So they spent part in a game that I knew I wasn't going to really do much with. But you essentially have your town phase. Then you have your monster hunting phase. So the idea is you have one of the monsters that you are going to go out and try to take down. They have different strengths and weaknesses and ways in which to try and fight them. It is a game that is rather deadly. So this is a game where characters can die easily and all, from what I know. Um, I, said, I didn't I didn't play much more of it. I played it that one time, and I was just, I was underwhelmed. The thing is, what, what, and one thing I want to add is that it was generational. Yes, so that was the other thing. Yeah, your characters will die over time. And their kids are going to be the ones fighting next. Yep. And so you plan for your next generation. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. Like it was an interesting game and the models looked great and everything. I don't know where they're called a successor mix. So it got backed. It, it is a success for what it probably wanted to be most. Yes. But not so much as a game, I would say. Exactly. It, it, so not a lot of people play the game. No. It's very hard to find, but it was successful so far that people got their miniatures that they wanted forever and ever and ever. Um, this is also one where, um, cause they've, they've done more than one Kickstarter related to this. Oh yes. This is one where it was like, okay, Hey, we're doing this Kickstarter, this set of miniatures here, two years from now, this other set three years from now. So they, they pull no punches telling you some of these models, you are going to wait many, many years to get. And, and that's been true this whole time. Like there's expansions. I, I, I don't know if it's all out now, but I know at one point they were saying like, oh, here's your Kickstarter. These models will be in four years. Mm-hmm. So they're great looking models. I wasn't huge on the game. I, I, If anyone had it near us, I would definitely play it again to see if maybe I'm in a campaign yeah. if I get a better feel. But from what I played of it, I wasn't huge on it personally. It's best played with friends in a campaign. That it's the only way to like do D&D. it. It is a campaign yeah, it's the only game. Way to do it. You have to. It's not a sit down and play game. It's it's the reason why my Frost Haven is still in the box because I have to figure out who's going to play it, who wants to play it, and that we do a long time thing for it. Because if you're not going to do yep. a long time thing, it's useless. It's useless. Um, same thing when I get um, Oath Sworn in. But I will say others. the miniatures, the miniatures look. The miniatures are amazing. Fantastic! Like this is like goddamn <laughs> kind of shit. Yeah. All right. 
Um, all right, that's a lot of those sorts of things. And we're, we're going through this. Um, there could always be a discussion of, of how um, Kickstarter works. Uh, my assumption is most people know how Kickstarter works. And then the idea of what makes good or bad, um, maybe we'll discuss that in a little bit. One more that we want to talk about, or at least I want to talk about for sure. I might do, like I said, the, um, the thing about Darkest Dungeon, I might do something separate because I want to actually be able to show some comments about that. And so that's weird to me. So is that that was a failure you said? The dark, well... The Darkest Dungeon is a failure the only, at the end of the day because of the decisions. Here, here's the one minute thing. The only reason I ask is yeah. I actually love the video game. Like yeah. the video game Darkest Dungeon One and Two. The, the game is, is fun. One of my favorite what I video say, games ever to play. The board game is fun. I I have the base set. It was the kind of thing they looked at it, great success, and then they started changing things and stuff had to change to come out. Long term delays. Um, asking for more and more money. They now want more money to be able to ship out later parts. It, it's it was a successful campaign and a very unsuccessful follow-up launch essentially yeah yes it's not even fully launched if you didn't get the english edition you still don't have your copy um we're looking at like sometime next year for those people to start getting it as well as are the rest wow. last one i'm we're, main one we're going to talk about is robotech the rpg tactics do you know anything about this one no okay yes because i saw it mm-hmm. no because i never backed it and i'm going to have a feeling that i did a good job not backing this one. Yes. Yes, you did. So this one, in terms of miniature space, might be the worst one currently. It's probably the <laughs> worst one. Um, so this was by Palladium Books. For anyone who doesn't know Robotech at all, I'm not going to go very deeply into it because I don't know it as well. But here's what I'll say related to Robotech. Um, Robotech is like the Macross world, that kind of thing. So... What you have is you had two different spots. You have Harmony Gold, who is the one who actually owns the IP. And Palladium <laughs> Game, or sorry, Palladium Books are the ones who put out, you know, this and other stuff in the Robotech universe. Essentially, they have it in America and they have the rights to different. The way it works is there's like 10 different lines of stuff. So, like, you have this particular thing and that one. They have an amalgamation of them that lets them put out games in this world. Robotech. There you go. Why am I getting Deja Vu to Battletech versus... Uh, it's uh, that sort of idea, world. yeah, when it's all said and done. So, this Kickstarter comes out, makes one hundred. Sorry, makes $1.4 million. Very, very successful. Because much like Battletech, people really like this. They like Robotech. This might have been the cartoons and stuff like that that they grew up with. Or the, that sort of world Macross and all that. Um. It's supposed to start shipping out. It takes quite a while. And then they decide that they're going to split it into two waves. So they tell the people, hey, we got to split this in two ways to ship it out. We're going to get the first shipping out in 2014-2015. Um, they start shipping it out. Before people have it in hand, the head of the company asks, hey, can I sell this stuff at uh, Gen Con? You guys cool with that? And as someone who's been on Kickstarters where companies have asked, like, hey, can we sell this? I'm always very hit and miss on that. I'm kickstarting something because I want to see it succeed. I want it in my hands, my grubby little hands here, but I want it to succeed. Otherwise, why would I bother kickstarting? Because in general, in Kickstarter, you get some special bonuses, but you usually don't save money because you're having to pay for shipping. Whereas if I go to a local game store, I'm not paying for shipping. So usually cost isn't as useful. It's um, if there's any special things, so any exclusives, and to make sure it actually happens. So he said, hey, can I sell this? And and I'm of the impression of, if you ask me, I'm more okay with it than if you do it and ask 
to, for forgiveness. You know, this is not one of those big for forgiveness sort of scenarios. Tell me ahead of time because I know there's some companies that have done it the other way and I've been on those and I said, hey, I get it, but I'll never back you again because you didn't say it first. Even if all you do is come forward and say, we're going to do this, like, sorry, but don't start doing it and then tell it to me. But they put that out. One thing they did is they counted for anyone who didn't respond as yes, that yes, you can. So they went and tried to sell it at Gen Con. Some people got their hands on it at that Gen Con. This is like Gen Con 2014, if memory serves. And there were some unboxings and they look and they said, wow, these miniatures are garbage. Uh, the miniatures looked bad, extremely tough to work with, just not good experience, parts missing, just very, very poorly done. Um, so they pulled the plug on selling at Gen Con. Um, later, people start getting their stuff very unhappy with it in general, didn't come out that good. Um, they do fix it up a little bit later, I think it was a little better. And then they they come out about three years later. It's about 20, we're, we're looking 2017, 2018. They come forward and say, hey guys, um, you know we were splitting this into two, two waves. We don't have the money for the second wave. We were hoping to sell first wave stuff to be able to make up for it. Didn't happen. We, we just don't have the money currently. What the fuck? And they're like, all right, we're going to see if we can sell more first wave stuff because we got a bunch of that stuff. C could we get it sold? No. Um, one of the main, I believe he was one of the main writers. I don't know if he was a, a creator. I don't know the exact bit of that because I don't want to get too deep into this particular spot. And we'll see why in a moment. He, oh, sorry, he was one of the main designers. He was doing his own Kickstarter for something that I looked, it wasn't, didn't come out. But he said, hey, I think his intentions were good. His wording was garbage. What essentially he said to people was, I'm doing my own Kickstarter. One, don't try, because this was at multiple years in. And one thing I'll tell you about Kickstarters, much like certain spots, if the game isn't coming out, if things aren't going well, the community can get very toxic. I Very quickly. I, I oh, yeah. fully agree with people voicing their opinions and voicing their negative opinions. I don't agree with people saying, you know, very rude things to the individuals who have no say in it. Like I said on the on the Darkest Dungeon one, what most of the community, at least on the Discord and all, we stick up for two of the people that work for that company because they're not at fault. Their job is like just to talk to us and try to help assuage our fears. They don't have any say in what happens. So like they're doing the best they can. And people say, like, say what you want, but don't say it about these people. Um, for this one. So he went in there and basically said, hey, um, don't come onto my Kickstarter and try to screw it up. And if my Kickstarter goes well, I'll have more time to devote to the Robotech one so we can like get this done. Because at that time, it was still being worked on was the idea. It got super toxic really bad. Um, they mentioned later that the guy had considered, had attempted self-harm and all of that. So it was, it was quite negative from that. Yes. Um, so, so what happened after a while, and if you go into their updates, I'm not going to their community section because, uh, or comments, because I don't want us to see all that. Um, what they end up doing is they said, hey, guys, one, we can't produce the second set. And the other thing, we're losing the license. Harmony Gold's taking it back. After okay, decades. So pause, pause, pause yes. real quick. Just Harmony Gold, and this is, I apologize for the real quick language, can suck I absolutely hate that company. They're the company that screwed over Battletech for so long with that lawsuit uh, saying, oh, no, it's my designs, it's yes. your designs. They now, did the same thing towards uh, Robotech at one yeah. point. So just side note, um, already gold. 
honestly. I, I don't like you. Hopefully none of that was libelous. No, let me see. Let me review. No, you didn't say anything that was... The good libelous. Yeah. No, no, so, you didn't say anything good. untrue, and what you said was opinions. You didn't try to make any particular statements. The, the lawsuit is real. You can look it up and see about it. Yep. Um, we could only allege at what their structure looks up higher, but all those things are true. Good. Okay. Um, Continue with what you were saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just wanted, just wanted to point out my dis- my absolute hatred yeah. for that company. Yeah. Play, uh, Palladium uh, Books did get their license pulled. Um, so what they did is say, like, hey, we ain't got the money for this, but we still got a bunch of, like, Wave 1 stuff. So here's what you guys can do. For all that, the product we're not sending you, you got spare cash. And with that spare cash, you can get stuff left over from the Wave 1 stuff. And we're going to make it exclusive to you guys as long as it lasts, which stuff didn't. Oh, but you guys are going to have to pay shipping. And yeah, shipping was expensive. All reports was that shipping was very, very expensive. So you didn't get your second wave of stuff. And you could potentially get some more first wave stuff. But by the time they talked about it, some of the very popular things were already gone. And over time, more and more stuff was gone as things went along. So it just became that they never finished out. Um, That means, like, if you think of the money, there was money not accounted for to some extent. They said part of the reason why it happened is because the designs that someone had done, they spent $35,000 on designs. But those designs, when they looked at it to produce miniatures, just didn't work. You couldn't do it with those miniatures. For anyone who doesn't know design, like CAD design and things like that, um, or 3D printing and all, or just printing or, or manufacturing, you can design a thing that looks very good, but then when you attempt to make it, pieces are too thin or ill-positioned. Ill that just doesn't work. It falls apart. You can't do it. Um, that's essentially what they said happened here. Where other things went, we don't know, but there's people who still today will mention about how bad it was, how they never got stuff back, couldn't get refunds, the company wasn't doing refunds, or at least to some extent, they were saying, again, that's alleged, but those people were saying they weren't getting refunds. So it was it was one of the worst ones I've seen that succeeded. They made $1.4 million. Just never happened. I did it. It's one of those, it's the meme. Did it though. It was a successful it's- Kickstarter. It was an unsuccessful game attempt. Because I've seen this, I've seen this in the stores. The main box, the, the base box, you can look up and find it. Whether you can find much else, I don't know, but it all just fell apart, and then the company lost the main thing anyway. So, and this Holy this crap, fell apart story. essentially around 2018 <laughs> is about when this fell apart. Jesus Christ, I did yeah. not realize that that was the actual story. Holy oh, yeah, yeah. Hell. Oh, yeah, and th- there's tons more details we could have went super further into this. We're kind of just talking about the goods and the bads. So... To make a successful Kickstarter to launch, that's, I think, the problem. Ro- the people who did Robotech, so for anyone who doesn't know, when you do a Kickstarter, the money you raise, you don't get all that money. Kickstarter takes a percentage, of course. They take about 15%, and then there's some other ways they take money, but it's about 15%, um, base at least. So the money you see is not the real money they get. Their money is potentially a good bit less, and then there's other things involved. But what happens to a lot of companies, and I bet to some extent what happened here, is they underestimate costs of things. So they underestimate things like time requirements. They underestimate how much work it's going to be. If you say it's going to launch in six months, but it takes you two years to do, there's a lot of costs involved. you got a lot of people you got to pay for it. What happens for some companies, um, what the alleged belief is for Mythic Games, the ones who did the Darkest Dungeon, is that the next Kickstarter pays the last one kind of ideas. So... 
that gets you into trouble because one of one doesn't go so well. We know companies have done this and then it kind of falls apart. So you underestimate cost, you underestimate time, you underestimate all these sorts of things. And then you're kind of stuck out. You can come back and say, well, I, we don't have any money. We don't know what to do. Or shipping. Shipping at some points has gotten crazy. So some of these companies have nicely come forward and said like, hey, could you guys help us out? Because shipping is eating our profits away. And other companies have said, if you don't pay us extra shipping, you'll never get your product ever. Or you'll get it at some point when things are in a better way and whatever that means. So um, you had to promise people a lot of things to be called a successful Kickstarter. So like people don't look on Kickstarter unless you give me tons and tons of stuff. It's this bloat. When we talk about board games, I tend to stay away from board games that do tons of miniatures. Darkest Dungeon I did because I just like the world. But like when I did Oathsworn, there was one version where you could get tons of miniatures and one where you got standees. I want standees. One, it's cheaper. Two, more miniatures doesn't make it better. It makes it take longer. It means now you have all that extra production, all that extra work. I want the game. The miniatures don't make the game. A miniatures game is made by miniatures. A board game, just give me the game. Um, all these promises, all this stuff can cause these issues. And that's why we see some work and some fail miserably. Um, so you said the next thing that you're going to kickstart is the Infinity one, right? Yes. Archer. Ar Damn it. They put it in a weird, it's Archeron, not Archeon. Yeah, Archeron. Archon. Archeron, yeah. which annoys me. It's Archeron's fault. Other Spanish. I know. Um, so just to give you a little insight of what this is. So Infinity, we've talked about in the show before. Absolutely. They're coming out with a space game, but it's not really a space game. It's more, it's like Battletech in space. Honestly. It's, it's a simulation game. Um, the way I describe it to people is FTL. It's, it's FTL, yeah. the miniature game. You have to manage your crew, manage the energy, manage the energy to fire your weapons, stuff like that. Um, you can play with, you know, six or seven ships, but honestly, you're playing with maybe maximum four ships. Hmm. Um, and you have to do vector thrusting. Like, you know, if you're going in, yeah, I'll do it like this. That way it's better on the camera. You know, you're going this way and you turn, right? You're still going this way, but you're going to start shifting this way. So like, so it, for anyone it, listening to podcasts and not watching Dan's oh, arms, yeah. <laughs> you, Tokyo Drift. Yes. That's really what it is. You're drifting. You're Tokyo Drifting, but it has like a really cool way to show how you're Tokyo Drifting. It's got like a little board with these pluses on it, right? And you put the ship on that board, also on the game board, and it, it actually it, it works. I've been watching videos on it. And Are it, you, Todd Howard? It just works. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually funny. Um, it's it's weird because like it's it seems comp it's an infinity game. It's it's Corvus Belly. There it is gonna be complicated for Christ's sake. Oh All yeah, it'll be complicated. complicated. But it makes sense. Like, it's not complicated so far. Like, I have to look on page 73, index A for this rule. It's more complicated in a way of like, oh, you know, if he's coming this way, I got to shift my ship this way and then do this and this. That's where the complication comes in. It reminds me of um, X-Wing. Like, it's, it's a complicated version of X-Wing is what it is. All right, yeah. It's I'm looking for that one too. When that comes out, I'm going to kickstart that one as well because I, I would like to see what they do with that. I want a space game and I like what Corvus Belly does. Yeah. And I like the the, the ship designs. Some of them I didn't like. The ship designs look great. I know I posted on our Maplewood Discord um, some of the designs for the new ships that they were coming out with. I think they did more at. And it looks, <laughs> it's basically a goddamn hammer <laughs> as, as in typical Morat fashion. You know, embrace monkey. Um, 
but yeah, no, it, it, that's something I'm probably going to end up backing because honestly, the, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can really. Yeah, no, that that one I'm going to do. I got a, I got a couple outstanding. I'm waiting on a couple ones. Most of them board games. I don't kickstart a lot of miniatures, um, games. I will this one. Corpus Bell I know has also had it. They have a good track record on their games, but a little bit hit and miss on their Kickstarter. Some of them just take a long time. But I mean, that's hey, when you kickstart something. Um, the money's out of that's my pocket, kind of, yeah. and then if it ever shows up, whenever it shows up, I'll be happy as long as it shows up at some point. Like that's all I can ever hope for. Um, one one I do want to mention briefly for, um, let me give myself one little show note for this before I start talking about it. Um, and so I think we'll do the darkest. I think the darkest dungeon one. I will do a separate little thing on. We, we discuss some of the basics, but I want to go more in depth with that, and I don't um, have that put together the way I'd want right here. Other one I want to mention, this is not actually on Kickstarter, this is on GameFound. The other thing is there's obviously other platforms now. GameFound is another big one. Is uh, Margrave. This is actually by... So this was a content creator for A Song of Ice and Fire. He decided to make his own game. It's um, Three Sales Studios. Um, It's actually apparently out right now. It's got 28 days left. It's a pretty small one. Um, People can look through it. I'll I'll link some show notes. He doesn't know I'm doing this, but I've followed the guy, watched his content and stuff like that. He's a nice guy, and I'm always interested to see when people start to try to build up things. I said it's a uh, new tabletop wargaming, 32mm, looks a little bit more historical-based with some fantasy-type elements because you see some winged creatures and all things like that. So it does have some cool looks. He has one of the pledge levels, which I do think is interesting, is a lifetime pledge. If you pledge that, you'll just get, whenever we make models in the future, you just get them, which I think is really cool. Um, but has some decent looking factions. The big thing is this, I, I just, I can't do another miniatures game. I have too many. But if you don't, or you like the look of the models here, there are some very cool looking models. And I know they give some gameplay stuff. So I'm sure it's actually quite cool. I just personally just couldn't do more. It's just me. Um but I did want to at least give it a shout out and kind of scroll through it for anyone who's interested in that. Um, there's some stretch goals and also if you're looking for something or you want to look, read about a game or maybe you got some new people uh, or a group that kind of wants to find something cool, something worth checking out. So, all this right. This podcast brought to you by Margaret. Dumpscape. It's not. That's the thing. I, I, I thought about it before. No, I said, no, you know just... what? I, I watched the guy's stuff. I, I, you know, he, he was always a really cool guy. I, I've, talked with him, interacted with him. So I'm like, you know what? He launched this game. He just launched. It launched like a day or two ago as time of this recording. So as time of this recording, this is September 28th. So for it's going YouTube, for about another 28 for days. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know what? That was a joke. Yeah. For YouTube purposes, that was a joke. But hey, if You're someone wants a sponsor, I'm all fine with that. No yeah. one does. But I will I will shout out people I want without the sponsor. But if they would like the sponsor, whoever it may be, I'm not saying him, just other people. I'm listening. <laughs> I will shill. I don't mind shilling. Um, no Raid Shadow Legends. Short of that, I'm fine with shilling. Oh but, God, no, please. But Raid Shadow <laughs> Legends, if you want us to yeah, shill, please. Just, I, I will do it. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, I will. I would. I don't know. Honestly, I've never played the game. For all I know, maybe it actually is fun. I'm sure it's predatory because phone well, games tend of, to be predatory. It's more of, I've heard it so many times. Yes. That like my mind and body just don't want to play it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't play many games on my phone. I'm very, very rarely actually do. So for all I know, maybe it actually would be fun. I've, you know, but it, it probably has like, you know, you pay some money here and there. That's the kind of stuff I just don't really do. I don't know how the experience is otherwise, but maybe it's fun. I don't know. It could be good. It could um, be. 
All right. That was a whole bunch about just various Kickstarters, good and bad related to miniatures. Do you think Kickstarter is good for miniatures? For miniature games? Essentially just it, miniatures games. Not board games at all. Do you think listen, it's a good it idea? It worked for Dropfleet. It delayed it by a large amount. Hmm. But it worked. Like, it, I people got their shit eventually, even though some of it was really late. So, like, it could work. And the problem is, and this, I hate to do this because I hate big corporations and stuff like that, but... Okay. It, you got it really only worked for the big guys like hawk war games the only it got delivered late but they were able to do it because they had some backing because of drop zone commander you know what i mean you're right it's gonna work for corvus belly because there's a name there and their company you know it, it becomes almost a pre-order system and in reality kickstarter yes. was designed of like if i wanted to come out with a game tomorrow i do not have the money to launch a game so kickstarter is designed for for us it's designed for they like said the guy three sales studios because like the guy doesn't have the money to do it otherwise, so like that's what it's designed for these sort of things. But the other problem but. with that is they don't hit as big. You're not going to make a million dollars if you run a person board games. It kind of works somewhat that way. But for a miniatures game, the other problem with miniatures games is you need saturation for a board game. If a hundred people buy your board game, those hundred people can play your board game. If a hundred people buy a miniatures game, you're never playing that game unless it's all the people in your play group. You know, so like you need to go in with like groups, and I think that's the problem with it for for miniatures games. It only, like I said, it works like for Battle the really Deck. big companies. Battle because Deck was successful people... because it's, it's such a damn big game and it's old and everyone knows it. Yes, and that's the thing why is, it worked. And, and even if it didn't make as much money as it did, if you get new BattleTech, I have BattleTech. Other people have BattleTech. We could still play. I'm getting none of the new brand new stuff. But that's fine. I can still play Battletech with your new We're stuff, my old stuff. Exactly. Like, it's still the game we can do. Whereas if it was a brand new Battletech V2 and everything is new and nothing old works, now we have a problem. Yep. You know, when we were playing Drop Fleet, at one point, me, Dan, and our friend Scott played Drop Fleet, but we're the only ones who were playing it. And it just kind of died out because we, we, it was tough to get more people into it because of issues and things like that. But since it didn't, we just stopped. I did find people later on who played, but I was like, you know, at that point, I'm out of it. Um, it's the same problem I had with Star Wars Armada. I absolutely love the game, but I sold out of it because I wasn't getting games in. It was going six months to a year between playing. I, I don't do that. So I, I think miniatures-wise, it probably is more pre-order system. And even then, I think it's really rough. New miniatures games are tough to get people into, and I don't know if Kickstarter is the way have to, to be a big. You have to be a big boy. Or you have to get in the right way. Like Parabellum Games, they kind of showed up on Nora, but they, they found a way to get their game to work well. So, to be fair, Parabellum Games though did have a game that specifically targeted people who lost out fantasy. Yes. So, there. I mean, listen, I love Mantic it's Games, niche, wrong, yeah. but their game is not fantasy. Conquest is to yes. a point. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it is absolutely a fantasy. It's a great game. Honestly, I'm not playing Old World. It's I have no interest in playing Old World. Whenever that decides to drop, I'm all in on Conquest. Um. But, all right, any other thoughts before we call it an evening? Well, I mean, this was a, a fantastic discussion. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like I said, we, we, through this, we do thank everyone who does listen. Like I said, we do put this out on any podcatcher. We also put this out on YouTube. Um, I try to make sure we do the late, latest ones on YouTube. That way we can put something up for people to look at as they're kind of going along. Um, like I said, the, the design of this discussion was to talk about good and bad Kickstarters that we know about miniatures related 
all of that, just to kind of give an overview of what we see. You can notice some went well, there's a decent amount that didn't, some of them are mixed, but it, it's tough for miniatures in this sort of market. It's tough for miniature games in general, let's be honest. No, it um, is. Maybe at some point we'll have to just try and rank miniatures games. I love doing rankings because they're contentious. It pisses people off. Well, no, I don't worry about pissing them off. <laughs> no. I think it's a contentious topic, and I think it is where we can argue about how something fits, but in in an intelligent way is interesting. Because then other people, if they, because part of it, it's subjective. It's so subjective, and that's what I love it about it. Because you can have an idea. Like my big thing for a miniature game, mm -hmm. and this is why I like Infinity and I like Conquest, and math is alternate activations. I think alternate activations is the highest peak experience with gaming but he says on a podcast that for years as seriously did 30k well let me well 30k technically has ish alternate reactions well, with reactions okay, has reactions they, they, so you do something in the other it. player's face yes so it's not alternate activation but it's close enough where i allow it right okay you allow it good i'll let you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um it's just like that's my big thing. But some people, and I've met the, some people like this, they hate alternate activation. Despise it with an undying passion. Do they not they like want fun? The, they want I go, you go. But and how is that ever better? I Listen, I his argument, and it is kind of true, is that alternate activation games take double the amount of time of I go, you go. And I could see the argument because, like, you're thinking about his next move and I'm thinking about my next move, right? And blah, 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 blah. So maybe it slows down the game because you're both thinking. But I still disagree. <laughs> uh, so I still I, disagree wholeheartedly. I would agree if someone wanted to play 40K or 30K's alternate activation, that's going to take a very long time and not be a good game. In most alternate activation games, they're all faster than the I Go You game go games that I know. I agree. Now, most of them tend to be a little bit smaller faction or, or smaller model count or activation count, but that's a design of the game. Even ones, I, I played ones before, like I said, in Ice and Fire, where you could have 10 to 12 activations per side back and forth. It's still playing faster. I'm still done even that game in an hour and a half. Yep. Um, I, I think people who have issues with analysis paralysis or... Or, or things like that, no, really or, or those sort of plans, then it will slow it down for them. But on average, they're faster. So I, I, I do, I, I overall, I disagree with that, but depending on who no, you I are. I disagree as, a as well. I just wanted to point out that that was something that I found very interesting, where I'm like, I think alternate activations are the way to go. And someone when else possibly, is like, yes. and someone else is like, no, I absolutely despise them. You know, so interesting. My, uh, my opinion is the right one. But it's interesting to see other people's wrong opinion. No, yes. Um, I would be interested to see what games they've played that alternate, and they might just not be playing the right games for them. Because mm, most yeah. games alternate. In reality, if you really think through miniatures games in general in the current oh. landscape, most of them alternate, or at least most of the games I can think of. Of like two dozen games I'm thinking of, I can think of the ones by GW that don't alternate. I'm sure there's others, and Infinity. But outside of those, I don't know any. All the games I play alternate and all the games I know alternate. Or at least have some sort of alternating type thing. Um, all right, so for other content, like I said, I am going to put out a thing probably related to Darkest Dungeon because that just also gives me a nice catharsis, so I do want to do that. We have the other MCP <laughs> battle report. We might be filming something for Battletech tomorrow, maybe something else we have to see. 
Um, I'd like to start getting back to filming some stuff. Like I said, I do want to get a better camera, but then we can also film in your basement or stores. Um, when is that 30K event you guys are doing? Not this Saturday, next Saturday. It's October okay. 6th. Oh, God. Okay, because I'm, I'm... Out of my calendar. That's fine. I know I'm, I wasn't participating because I'm not, busy. October, I'm, I'm not free 7th, that day. But if you want, we can get you, make sure you have the equipment and you can record in that room because with the mi mics, you don't have to close the door anymore. Ooh, with our mic system, you don't actually have to close yeah. the doors, but I won't be there. So you'd have to take care of it. Yeah, I want to say it's... <laughs> the problem we'll, would, we'll talk to Steve yeah. as well because he's supposed to be yeah. there. Between the two of you, if you guys are willing to hit some buttons, I'll make sure you have all the stuff. And like I said, you won't have to close the door. You won't have to sit in that little sweat box because with our microphone system, you can stand near people. As long as they're not screaming, it's fine. And it is a separate room, so that'll be good enough. <laughs> no, the, the microphones box. work really well no, for not that. that. I'm laughing at the sweat box comment. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah was that room gets really hot. <laughs> but if you keep the door open, it'll be much better. So it is absolutely possible to do. So um, we will discuss that off of this about that. So hopefully you'll get some 30K related stuff soon. Um, this will totally be episode 99, which means we have to figure out episode 100. Um, we do. If people have suggestions, please do let us know. I'm going to look to see what people suggest. Um, I, I don't have any hot, particular hot, ideas. In hot bathtub painting. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. Um, like I said, we might do a live sort of thing or just a discussion. I wouldn't even mind if people have questions or thoughts or, or, or want to ask us different things or ask about games. It could even be something like that. Um, I don't know entirely. So the next few things you might get might not be titled the same way. They might be titled differently for that. But like I said, if you have any suggestions, please do post them on um, on YouTube for us or, or post them up or put them on our Discord or anything like that. Uh, I, I want to do something. I, said, I just don't know what. It's a thing. So we're probably going to call these weird things until we actually have a good idea in mind. So um, maybe tomorrow we'll sit down and we'll discuss what we should do. Bikini bathing. I'm telling you right now. Bikini hot tub painting. No one wants that. Um, I, you, <laughs> you know, like Dragon Ball Z? Uh, I haven't watched it in years. Okay. Um, that would be... Uh, I just view that as like so characters in there some of the younger one uh, Trunks of Goten at one point they do like a fusion and I just see that as a fusion and out pops like Robin Williams just for the level of hair so <laughs> I I don't like that's that idea great. the painting part sure but the rest of that's that funny. is awful but we'd have to still have topic we still have to something to talk about um, place it. The numbering on things are going to probably get a little bit weird until we figure it out. Maybe there'll be uh, we'll go all naked gun on this, and there'll be like ninety nine, ninety nine, and a third, and so on. Till we, till we. Oh my god! Out. Yes, I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing, obviously, like I said we do have a Patreon for anyone who likes what we do and wants to support us financially. There's always that option. Obviously, if you have the means. Um, I actually had to pull the money out of that and that's going to be what's going towards the camera or at least part of it. And then I'm going to throw in some extra money of my own as well. So we absolutely use all that money related to the show. Currently our costs are covered and it's any equipment and upgrades that we try to do. And I try to do those when necessary. And I know I need it for some camera work. Um, what you will hear next, I'm not sure. Uh, I have some Conquest stuff I'm about to work on. Hopefully we get some of that stuff out very soon. And then uh, if we have... 100 ready we'll do it otherwise we're going to do something else we're going to call it whatever we feel like and then hopefully maybe steve will join us for it we'll make sure whenever we do 100 that he's on though i'm not going to do it if he's not here exactly. so if he can't make it for whatever reason i know his life's been crazy for him lately with new job and everything if he can't make it we'll just be doing something else ourselves but i think that belabors all the points long enough so on behalf of everyone here then at the show has a good hobby and some great gaming <laughs>